Portland! Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. This is the way to start the show. I just found my toothbrush. That's fantastic. All right, just in case for future notice, if I lose this again, it is uh, it is clear and lavender. Are you going to use it? It's been on the ground. Yes, I'm going yes, to put it in my mouth right now. Uh, Directly say, from the floor of the studio. I'd say just call your losses there and just get rid of that one. I'll just give you a new one. I, I carry an emergency one in the driver's door seat of my car. Also, another one in my bag. Yeah, and radio floors are unlike other other floors. Like, you can't clean that off. There's a, it's a kind of filth that can't be washed away. How many toothbrushes do you carry with you at any one time, Tim? Yeah. Just two? And All floss. Right. <laughs> awesome. You know, if you like... always need floss at the mo- most embarrassing moment. Here's the thing. I never need... No, let me let me restate that. I always need floss. I just don't really ever use it to the extent that I should. I do what everybody else does, which is that I floss for about a day and a half after my dental visit. When I vow to turn over a new flossing leaf, and then it just never gets used again. Last time I went to the dentist, I actually bought Tim is waving that you actually just carried in your bag a sealed spare toothbrush. That is awesome. Now please, please throw the other one away right in front of us. Thank you, Tim Riley. <laughs> hey, it's even the same brand. All right, we're simpatico, you and I. Thank you. Every right. time I get every time I get my teeth cleaned, I get to dip into the goodie bag and I get a new one. Wait, does your dentist let you pick a toothbrush? Mm-hmm. Uh, see, and, my dentist and floss just, and mouthwash. What dentist do you go to? I got to start switching. My dentist gives me, you know, you, here's the thing. When I go to the dentist, he A, only gives me one of those things, and B, it's a toothbrush that he assigns, which is always too firm, by the way. The bristles are always too hard. Yeah, I, I, uh, I go to a dentist where a lot of uh, shiny tooth TV people go to. Oh, see, that's what I got to start doing. I have to find a dentist with, no offense, where there's a more vain clientele. Because exactly, my- and I'm the vainest of all. <laughs> so you know if I chose this dentist. <laughs> The last time I went to the dentist, he gave me that. So, Richard, are you doing uh, all your flossing after meals? Yes, I am. I certainly am. And I'm just lying through my teeth, so to speak. And then immediately after leaving the dental office, I went and I bought the... And I bought, like, the the big-ass, that bag of the pre-measured floss components you know what I'm talking about it looks like a little plastic slingshot that's got the floss across from it oh, yeah. so you don't even have to I mean you don't even have to pull it off the spool all you have to do is just take the thing out and the teeth throw it away use it like a day and a half back in the medicine cabinet never touch it again alright well that's the event alright now so all is and, right and with the world I'm going to the dentist today so I'm going to replace that so think nothing of taking it you're nuts for dental hygiene aren't you I really am okay it's 503-228-4101. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. Uh, coming up today, big show, Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl. My wife was ecstatic. In the, in the space of like 20 minutes, I called my wife to, because this is one of the only days when my wife's friends will respect what I do or the kind of uh, broadcast that we uh, engage in here. I told her that we were going to be talking to a guy from Gossip Girl. And so she was already nuts about that and couldn't wait to cut the phone and it, 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 tell all of her coworkers about it. And then I got to call her back like 15 minutes later and tell her that we were talking to Heidi and Spencer. At which point she did the full-on, like, <gasps> McRib is back uh, inhalation. And then she said, oh, my God, I'm going to go. And then just like, sort of hung up on me so she could then begin texting all of her friends to let them know the good news. So, hello, all of my wife's friends. 
It's uh, 503-228-4101. Also coming up today, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Dax Holt from TMZ will be joining us today and uh, your shot of winning a, a pair of tickets to Fright Down. And then it's today... So today is actually then the last pair of tickets for Deftones and Slipknot. Yeah, because tonight. Because the show is tonight. I didn't know if we still had a, another pair to give away today. So, all right. So this is actually... So this, as Paul Anka would say, then stolen by Michael Jackson. This is it today. Uh, Deftones, Slipknot. That's a final uh, pair of tickets at some point this morning. Uh, I think we're going to track down Lisa Desjardins today. The, the CNN prep sheet claims that she is on the clock. Yet, if you read a little further, it later on identifies uh, the person who is working in D.C. today as being Dick Uliano. So, the headline says it's Lisa Desjardins. The actual text says it's Dick. I'm unclear about who it might be because she was laid low with the swine flu. So, we'll try to figure that out. Uh, what else is coming up today? We have uh, a, a pair of tickets to Fright Down. We're going to be giving away at some point as well. Plus a uh, Geek Watch, so you want to be listening for that. So Heidi and Spencer coming up later. Penn Badgley, Don Taylor from Movies.com, Dax Holt from TMZ, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. And I've got two exciting packages over here for Sarah Dillon. Yay! Now, ooh, get to those here in just a moment. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? Um, it's the best teeny bopper day ever. Yes, That's is. all I'm saying. I'm sitting over here writing uh, Gossip Girl questions right now. Awesome. Such as, it seems like Georgina is pure evil. Is she going to go from bad to worse this season? My wife wanted to know Lara's question about it. It wasn't so much about the show or the character as it was for him himself. Because he's dating, what's her name? That's one of my questions. You In real life, you and Blake Lively are a couple. Is it weird to have romantic relationships with each other's characters in front of each other? That's what she was saying. And she said, on the show, he has to get it on with a bunch of other chicks. Mm -hmm. So how does that affect the chemistry between uh, he and his real-life girlfriend, who is also on the show? And I also want to be justified in the way I'm watching it. So I want to be like, when you're doing the show, who do you feel it's targeted at? It seems like it's meant for teenagers, but at the same time, a lot of older people seem to watch it. Is it made for women who are nearly 30? <laughs> nearly 30? You are an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you cut off the final yes. syllable there, by the way. Uh it's uh, 503-228-4101. That's okay. You know what? I am in my late 30s, so it's okay. I will always be much, much older than you. At the, I will always be in my upper 30s. That's right. Forever. I'll always be in my upper 20s. At the news desk, <laughs> the brilliant and ageless Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 5.08. Here comes the rain. It's going to be with us for several days. It's also extremely windy out there. My car was blowing all over the place. I Driving almost, down Sullivan Hill, I thought I had a flat tire. I almost blew off my bike this morning. This, oh, that's this right. Side. I never even thought about the fact that you're on a motorbike. Yeah, so the, this new uh, storm front is coming in. As a matter of fact, it's uh, panicking people in L.A. They say they're going to have some flooding down there. Ugh. So this is the remains of all that stuff that uh, that always hits those islands in the Indies and out in the Pacific. So now it's going to hit us, but not quite as bad. This so. was the first day I wore my winter coat, by the way. And you I... lost your scarf in the hallway and your toothbrush. Seriously, it was just a comedy of errors this morning. I dropped my scarf. I I dropped my toothbrush. I kept dropping my headphones on the floor. At one point, I had a huge sheaf of papers that just went, and they spilled out everywhere. And it was like that perfect aerodynamic uh, sort of thing where they just flew everywhere, like 15, 20 feet down the hallway. Oh, it sounds like you're being haunted. I just watched Paranormal Activity yesterday. Oh, yeah. What'd you think? It scared the crap out of me. Yeah, it's pretty freaky. I was freaked out. Yeah. I was shaking. I yeah. was so scared. And not to give anything away, but that uh, that final sequence is pretty unnerving. Yes. Uh, oh, with the, my God. Uh, with the bed and the yeah. Holy crap. I was... Uh, Would it scare me? Yes. Would I leave the theater? I, I think you'd be a little... I don't know if you'd leave the theater because it's not very graphic. It depends on if, like, demon stuff freaks you out. 
Like because exorcist that, type of thing? Yeah, and like, turning around? Yeah, sort of like paranormal, uh, well, paranormal activity, but you know, like kind of ghost story sort of stuff. Because mm. it's not a graphic film, but it's it not isn't bloody. But like, lots of like spooky, like, ooh, but lots of like, wow, what the hell is going on? What is that weird noise? Why is the camera, oh. Yeah, like, comparing it to the exorcist is probably incorrect because it doesn't have it. It doesn't have a lot of violated with the crucifix scenes, but it does. There's no like, F me, F me, F me, F me in it. Like the exorcist. <laughs> there is a well, slight exorcist moment. I suppose. <laughs> I honestly don't. I don't even know how to answer that question. Of that, right. yeah, uh, I, yeah, it, it's a spooky film. I would put it that way. All right, here's Tim Riley. So we're talking about the Gossip Girl today, and the Gossip Girls at Clackamas Higher in an uproar. Seems the principal over there is banning the kids from texting in class, banning all cell phones too. That leaves him without current information about the high life at Clackamas. I just saw. Let's see. He says he doesn't want them to waste their precious time texting. They should be getting ready to go to college, as all good girls and boys of Clackamas High should be doing. I, I just uh, preparing for your life as a uh, proud Clackamas citizen. I just saw this. This was in the Oregonian. Yes. There was a uh, Andy Parker had written a whole a column about this. And this is one of those things where I, I was honestly of two minds. I couldn't quite figure out how I felt about it. It's a huge column about how there are no cell phones allowed. And I thought it was just during class. But there are no cell phones At allowed. All. Period. Yeah. If they see your cell phone, they just take it. Uh, and then you get it back at the end of the day. But it wasn't just like it can't be on your desk, it can't be turned on, it has to be in your bag. Like if they see the cell phone at all or any electronic device, the principal just comes or the teacher just comes and they take it and it goes in a drawer and you don't get it back. And so they were talking about like by the end of the day, every day they collected like a 100 cell phones. And I was just so unsure about how I felt about it. And it'll all be it. crushed and thrown into a dumpster. Because on the one hand, you you know, on the one hand, it's not like I had the greatest time as a student. And so there's a part of me that is, you know, still sort of, uh, you know, roots against authority figures. On the other hand, A, I'm old. And so it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> B, uh, once I'm out of, you know, it's like the year-round schooling thing they propose. Once you're out of school, it doesn't matter. Keep the little bastards locked up year-round. I don't care. Uh, but C, I kind of respect people who have power and don't hesitate to use it. You know what I mean? Like, I can sort of get with that. Doesn't matter who, like Dick Cheney, for example. Evil, yes. Black-spirited, yes. Eats babies, absolutely. Doesn't matter. Uh, I can sort of respect the fact that he just kind of, he wields his power without hesitation. Nixon style. Same thing with his principal. He's just like, F it, I'm tired of cell phones. If I see one, I'm going to take it away and destroy it. So you, They're going to have to go back to the old-fashioned days of passing love notes. That's right. And that little uh, the little wonky thing that looks like a paper flower that says five. I feel mm. bad for kids who don't pass notes anymore because that was the fun of it. I mean, because it's surreptitious, right? And, I mean, I still have notes from like sixth and seventh grade that are like in my parents' storage or something. Really? Mm-hmm. What, what did they say? Oh, I don't know. But I mean, they're like love notes or something? No, yeah, I think like, you know... Boys would send notes just like, do you like me? Check yes or no. Did boys really do that? Yeah. I don't think in my entire life I ever actually sent a note to a girl uh, because I knew the answer was no, first of all. There well, was since no. There are a million people named this, but yeah, one of the boys who's. I have uh, got a note from this guy, Michael Johnson, and I still have a bunch of them. I had such a crush on him. What him. did it say, though? Um, was it a note from you? In other words, who initiated the note? He did. And did it say, sure, do you like me? Yeah, it's like, do you like me, Chiquin? Did you, and you have it, so you clearly never sent it do back. really know. No, I think I kept it, and then I, like, wrote back on another note. And what, what was the answer? Oh, I liked him. Really? How <laughs> yeah, old would you have been? I was in, like, seventh grade, but it's like the liking where you ignore each other, you know? Yeah, I... You, you we know, never touch each other totally. dislike. You know, that's exactly. You know, looking back, I, I know kids today are sexting and, or, you know, or, or whatever it is they do. Kids are getting it on, I think, when they're like nine Sending or something now. Photography in the middle of a geology class. <laughs> 
I mean, that's the thing, right? You like you, you like you know, like you see a ten year old pushing a stroller. I mean, the kids kids mature much faster than they used to. So. I know that when I was in like sixth or seventh grade, there were the kids who were presumably like going steady or pinning or whatever way you did, whatever it was we called it then. But I really don't know what that was all about. Like, what was the point of that? Like, you weren't going to be getting it on, which is, you know, of course, proper because you were you know, too young for that sort of thing. Do people use the phrase getting it on anymore? I forget what we called it, actually. That's another thing. I can't remember how we referred to, you know, the Let's sex. I'm old. I, I, we must have referred to, uh, you know, sexing at some point. See, I don't think we said humping. I think that's the thing I didn't say until I met you. Yeah. I don't think I ever said humping. I think you were the first person I've ever known that really used that word a lot and so then entered my vocabulary. I don't know what we called. We didn't say effing because that was too time, edgy. Yeah, and for well, a it's a workplace time. phrase. Yeah, effing seems just, sometimes it's too edgy for me. What did, what is it that we called sex when I was in like sixth or seventh grade? I can't remember for the life of me. Greg, we're about the same age more or less. What did you, what did you call the, the sexing? I believe we went with humping. Really? Yeah, humping. yeah I think that was the term. Interesting. What about? <laughs> you mean like with a screwdriver? Yes. Oh, yeah, that, that is. I well. think we did say yeah. that, I think actually. that might have been. That might have been yeah. the phrase we went to. All right. Okay. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl. Uh, later on, Heidi and Spencer, and I'm not making that up. Don Taylor from Movies.com. Dax Holt from TMZ. Your chance at Slipknot tickets as well. Stay there. We're back after this. The Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 540, Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl. 7 o'clock, uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com will be here. 720, Heidi and Spencer. Dax Holt from TMZ at uh, 8 o'clock. I swear to God, that's all true. Makes me laugh every time you say that. Not making any it of almost that seems like it's not even the show. I mean, it really... It We're really, just witnesses to something else. And the idea that I would that I would be talking about Heidi and Spencer back to back with your chance to win Slipknot tickets. It's just like it's like all my secret shames are on this show today. Yours and mine both. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101 at the news desk. Your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 526. Okay, here comes the rainy weather. It's windy out there, too. Be careful if you're driving. Rain at least through the weekend. High temperatures only in the 50s. Oregon's jobless rate has fallen to 11.5%. But don't get your hopes up. That being said, economists point out the Beaver State lost 10,000 jobs last month. Jesus. That's last month. 10,000. So why are these numbers going down? Well, they're going down because... A lot of people have run out of unemployment, and others have given up looking. Wait a and some are only partially employed. So if, you, if you're if you no longer filing for unemployment, are you considered unemployed? You're not part of these numbers. So that's, so if your unemployment has run out, handily, the government just doesn't consider you unemployed anymore. Correct. So there, you're only unemployed as long as you're being taken care of. Once you actually have no unemployment and are not getting money of any kind, then the government just doesn't acknowledge that you are jobless. Right. Well, that's a very... 
That is sort of a, that is a very American way of looking at things, I suppose. That's sort of and, like, and it's really bad. Not only are people jobless, everyone's coughing and hacking and almost getting the swine flu. I was just going to say, so if you don't have insurance, it's like you're not sick. You know, if you if you can't afford to go to the hospital, if we won't take care of you, then you are not ill in any way. And everybody's coughing and sneezing into their arms, as recommended by the oh, government. Oh, did you get the uh, did you get the stuff from uh, from the company uh, from uh, our uh, brand new employers, Alpha Broadcasting? Did you get the five page thing about how not to die from swine flu? I didn't get that one. I, I mean, it's all the same crap you. that everybody else tells you. It, it, as you said, it's a oh, whole lot good of tips. They don't suck on doorknobs. You know, I mean, and, and, you know, all of that is, is stuff. You know, wipe your hands and, you know, don't go sneezing in the faces of your coworkers. The stuff that doesn't really seem, not that you ought to sneeze in the faces of your coworkers, but let's be honest, that doesn't make a difference one way or the other. You're all breathing the same air. It, the sneezing, but you know what? I wouldn't doubt that there are some people here licking doorknobs I, during the weekends. I, I would not doubt that either. <laughs> I, uh, Given any worst case scenario, it's probably happening here behind our backs. Well, you and you, look, let's just be honest. How often do you think hands in this building are really washed? I mean, let's just, you know, let's, let's just, let's just call it what it is. I think i my fingers and touch every doorknob in here. <laughs> you know that there are any number of people here, and yes, weekenders, I am looking at you, who, uh, where it's like, you know what it is? It's like when you're a bachelor and there's the one spoon and the one fork and the one plate used for everything. With radio people, especially uh, the people who tend to work uh, late or bad hours, it's like the one hand gets used for everything. You know, it's uh, eating, scratching one's face, scratching one's ass, uh, scratching one's nose, shaking hands. And the it's long claw marks of grease all <laughs> over every counter in here. Uh, well, I guess I could wash this hand. It's been in my pants all night. Uh, no, maybe not. Maybe I'll just go clicking through some Associated Press stories before Tim comes to work. <laughs> I mean, theoretically speaking. No, I, I don't doubt it. Everything in here gets a thorough cleansing oh, good God. before anybody gets in here. How much would I have to pay you to, uh, to lick the hands of one of the weekenders here? <laughs> like, if I just brought in a random weekender and I said, look, just I want you to give the palm of this weekender one long lick... Would you do that for $100? Only if it cures cancer in children. Well, okay. Here's Tim Riley. So anyway, at long last, this battle on overhauling the nation's health care system is reaching a milestone today. The Senate Finance Committee, which is the last place that it goes before it goes up to a vote, is uh, going to tackle this today. So it's almost over with. It is almost over with. We are one step away from having this voted on. So it's gotten this far. But I don't know what it does. Okay. Any bill that is, I, I wish Lisa Desjardins, but I'll give you the quick Lisa Desjardins thing. Any bill that goes to Congress first has to pass through committee. That's the picking order of right. things. Once it passes the top of the picking order, it goes to the final vote, which is Congress. Yes. Which, after that, goes to the president's desk. So we are one step away from Congress, which is one step away from the president's desk. So two steps away from having it passed. So most things don't go this far. This is further than Hillary would have ever envisioned well that is true because it, she got it, her thing imploded pretty early on but right. I, also i just but my thing is i just don't know what the health health care bill like does this is going to be similar at least it looks that way to the one passed in massachusetts where everybody has to buy insurance which is bad for like street teamers yeah um but and to make everyone happy it's not going to cover illegal aliens uh -huh. so we can stop that all right so Basically, if you don't have insurance, the government is just going to tell you you have to do it or else. Right. All right. Now, the insurance companies are, are, are saying, well, we'll get even with you. We're, we'll up the rates. But they're saying to the insurance companies, oh, yeah, we're going to tax the hell out of you. All right. So that's part of this. They're going to tax the hell out of the insurance companies, which are making them even matter. So we've gotten this far. So it's almost, it's almost 
conceivably done. We are uh, we're going to look into whether or not Lisa uh, is uh, is at work today. So we're trying to figure out if Lisa Desjardins is back from having the swine flu. I actually, when I talked to her, this how long weekend, does it take to get rid of the swine? Like two weeks. Um, oh my gosh! When when I talked to her, she said, "Yeah." And then when I go back to work, I've got this eight hundred page healthcare bill after. <laughs> <laughs> she just had to go. So it's uh, 503-228-4101. we come back, we will talk to Penn Badgley from Gossip Girl. Have Seriously. we got the Gossip Girl theme song all uh, queued up and we ready sure to go? sure do. Uh, that's fantastic. I dare you to end the call with XOXO. No. I'll give you $5 if you do that. Uh, we'll talk. All right. Back after this with Penn Badgley. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in low definition. Are you just going to let me bleed out? The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Where is she answering? And who am I? That's not a secret I'll never tell. You know you love me. XOXO. Gossip. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. In just moments, Ben Badgley from Gossip Girl will be uh, joining us here. Coming up later on this morning, we will talk to uh, Heidi and Spencer. You know, no matter how many times I say that, it never sounds any less weird coming out of my mouth. Uh, now, do you know a lot about them? Have you ever seen The Hills or the craziness that is the couple that is Heidi? Well, sort of like with Gossip Girl, I know because Lara watches, because uh, she watches The Hills. And Gossip Girl, and she watched that uh, I'm a Celebrity, it Get Me Out of Here thing. Um, so I so I sort of know about it, it secondhand, in that, and then I'm in the room, and then I find myself getting sucked into it. Gossip Girl's the same way. Where I will sit there, and I'll be, you know, I'll be reading, or I'll be you know, doing whatever, and then it's on, and at first I will not really notice it, that she'll be watching it, and then we'll get five, six, seven, eight minutes into it, and then I will realize that I'm just sitting there engrossed. It just sort of made it having been completely consumed by the show. Well, there's no comparison between The Hills and Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl is so much better. You should make sure to point that out to Heidi and Spencer. Done. And <laughs> there's no comparison at all. They couldn't you know, be the more Hills different. Sucks now that there's no LC. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was, uh, yeah, Lara was like completely filling me full of Lauren questions uh, about The Hills. So that's coming up later on. Dax Holt from TMZ joining us as well. Uh, plus Don Taylor from Movies.com and your chance at a pair of tickets to Fright Town. Uh, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is now 539. We're going to have rain and plenty of it, at least through Saturday. So get used to it. And uh, daytime highs will only be in the 50s. It's windy out there, especially if you're driving or on a uh, motorcycle or one of those lady Indeed. scooters. <laughs> Rare bunny rabbits have been born at the Oregon Zoo. 26 endangered Columbia Basin pygmy rabbits have been delivered by the stork. Why not stop in and see them? Portland police are on the lookout for a serial robber. Victims include a U.S. bank branch, fantasy for adults only, Northwest Credit Union, and Donnie's 
of Jansen Beach. This isn't the, uh, but this isn't the river rat guy because they busted him, right? Yeah, the river rat guy has been busted. All right. So it's, it's not him, it's somebody else. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Our next guest stars is Dan Hemphrey in the CW's hit drama Gossip Girl. He can also be seen in the movie The Stepfather, opening, as they say, everywhere on planet Earth this Friday. Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Penn Badgley. Good morning, sir. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing uh, fantastically. How is uh, life treating you? Are you, where, where are you calling from right now? Are you in L.A. or are you somewhere else? I'm actually in New York right now. That's where I live, uh, shooting the show. You're in New York, and then you are going to be um, seen everywhere this Friday in the movie The Stepfather, which is a sort of a recreation of a, of a classic horror film. Being uh, Having established yourself and, and really made a name so strongly with Gossip Girl, were you sort of intent on picking something that was totally different from that? Was a, a conscious choice to change genres with the, the Stepfather? Well, yes, and then also no. I mean, because I, I shot this uh, pushing on two years ago. I mean, I shot it in February of 2008. Um, so, you know, it, it, was, it was at that point, I mean, um, they they'd actually offered this to me before I before Gospel had ever aired. So I was like, well, yeah. I mean, this sounds like a fun opportunity, and um, and uh, it definitely was one. I mean, it, it it is very different from Gossip Girl, and the character is obviously he's sort of quieter. He's a bit more uh, angry. He's uh, uh, more physical. Um, it comes from a very different place, and and uh, that is one of the things that attracted me to it. And and the movie itself is actually. Um, it comes from a bit of a different place than most thrillers, I think. It comes from a like a, a a simpler, stronger standpoint, and the story is simpler but much stronger. And I think, as a result, people find themselves more invested, and then, consequently, much more scared. I mean, that you know that that was my pitch, and then I saw it with an audience last night, and it actually was. I I think it was definitely true. I think people were they were they were really on the edge of their seats and. Um, very scared because it's hard when you're making a movie to know like like this when you're when you're making a thriller it's hard to know if it's scary at all because you know you're 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 on the inside and it's it's impossible to be objective but um i think i think we did a good job you hear a lot about when you make movies that it's it's sort of a, a hurry up and wait kind of process where you you got to set up forever to do one shot or it takes three hours to get something together you get the 90 seconds of footage done is that different from when you're working on you know whether it's gossip girl or any any television series is the turnaround time much faster with television in general yeah television is much faster you just you're, you're going you're going you're going and and that's partly because you could potentially be on tv for nine years i mean you know you when when you do these things you sign a contract for six um and then a lot of times they're extended or whatever if they're successful but uh there's there's less there's less intent there's less deliberation you're just kind of it's a day job um for everybody in, in, involved uh and you're and you and sometimes it's just about getting through the day so creatively, it can range anywhere from, like, really amazing to, you know, just a job. Um, but with film, no matter how bad the movie is, there's, there's, there's real intent there to, to create something. Um, and, and you only have one moment in every movie that is... I mean, every moment is unique. Yeah. A lot of you, uh, you guys on on the show, you are sort of thrown together into this circumstance as actors, where you, as you said, you could be doing the show for a season, you could be doing it for for ten seasons, and you hear about a lot of TV show casts that bond real strongly because of that. And I wonder if you guys are as tightly knit off camera as as it sort of seems, uh, you know, to, to the uh, to, to outside observers. Well, pretty much everybody from the show was there last night for for me at the premiere. 
Um, so they were very supportive. Uh, we all we all remain pretty close. You know, I mean, on any, on any given night, we may be doing our own thing, or we may be together. But um, and you know, we don't we don't hang out uh, like every night because we're working together and we'd all get sick of each other. But um, but we definitely all have a mutual respect and and there's a, there's a bond there. Um, so it's, it is a nice thing. We're talking to Penn Badgley. He can be seen in the new movie, The Stepfather, which opens this Friday. Also, Gossip Girl. And I, I have to tell my wife uh, would the, would lock me out of the house forever if I didn't ask this question. Is it is it odd to to be uh, in real life dating Blake Lively, and then on the show you're you know sort of having these relationships with other people? Does that make the chemistry weird, or does it provide a challenge, or is it just as you say, is it just a day job? You know. I don't know if this is the case with everybody because I know it sounds kind of unlikely and and hard to believe, but it, the truth is it's a job, and you and and with us it's it's very easy to compartmentalize. But that's that's probably unique, and that's probably not the case with everybody. I mean, I, it it might be hard for a lot of people. I'm here alongside uh, my producer Sarah Dillon, who I know has a question for Hello, you. Hello, well. yes, I'm a big fan of the show. I wanted to see. So, um, the character of Georgina seems to kind of be back on track of being like a little psychotic. Are we going to see her be um, more evil this season? And also. Um, is your character going to be changing now that you have, you know, come into the money and whatnot? Um, both yes and yes. Georgina does become, I mean, I think Georgina, she, she came from evil. She will, she will always be evil. Um, and, and that definitely continues. Um, and it gets pretty, it's from what I can remember because that whole storyline has, has arced with us. Uh, it's pretty juicy. Yeah. It looks like it's going to get pretty messy. Yeah. Yeah. You can look forward to a lot of, uh, a lot of like pretty absurd fun things to watch and then uh with dan um yeah he is changing he's definitely he's blossoming into um into the adult he's going to become i think you know he's he's uh he's he's growing up i think he's he's changing um he's changing uh mentally physically he's just he's just i think becoming a a man and that and you know with that comes uh some fun changes as well. We're talking to Penn Badgley, uh, of course, from Gossip Girl. You can also see him in the new, new movie, The Stepfather, which opens this Friday. Somebody told me you started acting when you were, I don't know, like, nine or 11 or something very young. It, I, I started doing community theater when I was nine. I was doing, like, musicals and stuff, and then it eventually, over time, evolves into acting. I moved to L.A. when I was about 13. What was the inspiration for that? I mean, I don't know a lot of nine-year-olds or ten-year-olds who were watching theater or television and saying, like, I gotta get up there and do that. What was what lit the fuse? I know it, it's, it does sound kind of weird, but I, I started it just as a sort of social outlet. You know, I was uh, I was living in the middle of nowhere in Washington State, so I'm from the Northwest, uh, and uh, and uh, I I just like I said, it is a social thing, and then it, and then it evolved into a passion, and and here I am. It was kind of a happy accident because I definitely didn't see myself doing this when I was young. Based on just the email and the text messages and the uh, you know the response we've gotten from the audience talking about the fact that you were going to be on today, it seems like, especially with the show with Gossip Girl, there's really no nailing down what you, the audience is. It seems like it's a, it's a huge, broad swath. A lot of older people watch it as opposed to younger people. Have, have you... Have you seen that as well, that there is a, is a, a big um, difference in the types of people who watch the show? Yeah, it's pretty broad. The audience is pretty broad. And they really, um, you have people from all ends of the spectrum, which is, uh, which is a fun, exciting thing for us. I mean, I'm, I'm continually shocked by some of the people who come up and say that they're fans. Excellent. The new movie, The Stepfather, opens this Friday. And, of course, you can be seeing the CW's uh, Gossip Girl. Penn Badgley, thank you for spending some time with us. Best of continued success in uh, life, art, and all things, my friend. Thank you. Thanks so much.
Thank you. That is uh, Penn Badgley, Gossip Girl, and uh, the stepfather. All right. There you go. God, he's 22, and I'm totally a dorky fangirl. And he's got the deepest voice yes, on earth. He has a very sexy voice. It's because Humphrey. he's an artist. All right. There you go. <laughs> No, it's puberty. <laughs> how do you uh, how do you feel about the how do you feel about that, Sarah? Oh, it was fantastic. I, uh, I got to ask a question. Yes, you, I know Rick was kind of um, pushed me to ask a question because I got really well. Because I, I got, how can I'm, you not ask a question of the I, Gossip Girl guy? I got to ask Penn Badgley a question. I'm very very the, excited, and I really did want to know if the Georgina storyline is going to get as crazy as I think it's going to. And it's good to know that she's just as evil. As she see, this is why you and I are such a great combo sometimes because we did the I don't even say good cop bad cop, mm-hmm. but you was you sort of came up with like a lot of the sort of gushy fanboy questions, and then I was like, tell me about your evolution as an artist. How is it <laughs> so that you it began for you? Acting when you're nine years. Do old. you enjoy the theater more than the small <laughs> screen? Penn Badgley. He really was named after a tennis ball, though. Is that true? Yeah. The Penn tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Another writing implement. All right. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this morning, we will talk to Dax Holt from TMZ, Don Taylor from Movies.com, and Heidi and Spencer. Uh, Slipknot Deftones tickets as well. Fright Town tickets. And uh, Tim Riley plus Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk coming up. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in ADHD. We're so very, very, very sorry for this relentlessly juvenile behavior. The Rick Emerson Show returns. Which will now continue on Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up later on this morning, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Also, Heidi and Spencer. Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ, as well as your shot at tickets to see Slipknot and Deftones. That is uh, tonight. I will not be in attendance, by the way. Somebody asked me if I was going, and the answer is no, I'm just too lame. Tim Riley is working on the following headlines on your Tuesday morning. Well, cell phones have been banned at old Clackamas High. And that new Beaverton Baseball Stadium with a price tag of $59 million? 60% will come from the taxpayers. Did you get that, taxpayers of Beaverton? How badly do you want baseball over there? It's coming out of your pocket. And firefighters quickly extinguish a berry bush fire in Bethany. Thank goodness it didn't spread any further. That's right, Tim. Thank goodness the pretty people were not, uh, they were not endangered at any time. It is uh, Rock 101, KUFO, Portland. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-228. 4101 in mere moments, we'll have uh, Greg Nibbler's ball talk. By the way, I got, uh, so I have two packages over here uh, for you, Sarah. Which one would you like first? I have package number one and I have package number two, both of which are for your birthday, uh, but each of them is from someone else. The one is from me, one is from another person. <gasps> Take the smallest one and work yourself up to the big one. Uh, but she doesn't get to see them. That's the thing. It's package one, package two. You have to pick one of them. All right, I'll take the package two. Package two. All right, package two is from me. Why, whatever wow, could it's it a be? Big box. I don't know. I can't even imagine what I that might be. Oh, uh, it's a mystery. It's not that much of a mystery. All right, we'll uh, oh. stay. Um, Yay! All right. Hooray, hurrah. It is a, what uh, is it? It is a seat for Sarah's... Uh, from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. I have no idea why that just happened. It is a uh, seat for your motorbike. <laughs> this is amazing. Wow. Thank you. I knew exactly what to get because Sarah sent me the link to the Amazon. That looks really like, mod. R- really, she actually, like, she literally, like, cut and pasted the thing from eBay and sent it to me. She's like, click this link and then what click buy. The on a motorcycle. Uh, so I think that is a thing to affix it to the seat. It is, yeah. It's a cover for the uh, for the seat of her motorbike. Oh, wow. this is so cool. Thank yes. you. 
After ball talk, you'll get present number two. That's coming up in just a moment. It is the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, she jumps up and down. Rock 101. It's like the best day ever. KUFO, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for... Your sports update with Greg Nibbler. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. All right. Well, Monday Night Football was last night. The Jets were at Miami. Miami won 31-27, to largely using their Wildcat formation. And uh, there was also a first in the NFL last night, which was the first penalty ever announced in Spanish. We have that right here. Uh, El número 81 de la ofensiva arrancó antes la jugada. Cinco yardas, segundo down. Alberto Riveron was a side judge in the NFL in 2004. This is second season as a referee. He's been an official now for six years. Now, I heard this this morning, and we had a question about whether the crowd was booing because they didn't like the way the call went or because they were uh, rednecks booing something done in Spanish. Well, my, my first inclination would have been to say that, uh, yeah, it was because they're a bunch of rednecks and they don't like Spanish. But it is, it's Miami. So, so I mean... Yeah, they do speak a lot of Spanish. I mean, I mean it is a Spanish-speaking place to a large degree, if not to an overwhelming degree. So, but then again, communism. Yeah, well, I, and it, yes, <laughs> yes, but. But it is the NFL, so you got to figure that that contingent is there somewhere. Well, and the penalty was against Miami. So, I mean, it, it does make sense that, yeah, they were just booing the penalty, not uh-huh. the actual Spanish portion of it. Um, in other NFL news, the Rush Limbaugh potential sale uh, to the St. Louis Rams. Rush Limbaugh is uh, potentially buying the St. Louis Rams along with the St. Louis Blues owner. And this is uh, drawing a lot of opposition. There's a lot of NFL players that have come out now and said that they will not play for Rush Limbaugh if uh, given given the choice. They will go somewhere else and refuse to go play for him. And uh, even Mr. Al Sharpton, of course, shockingly, is getting involved right now and trying to start a campaign to ask the NFL to stop the sale to Rush Limbaugh. Now, he's been uh, known for a few different things. Um, Speaking out uh, uh, on the NFL, he was an announcer, I believe it was on Monday Night Football, actually, for a while, and uh, made a lot of comments regarding black quarterbacks and about how um, the reason they're overrated and that the media just wants a black quarterback to succeed. Uh, That was in reference to Donovan McNabb. And he also recently made this statement um, that the NFL was beginning to look like a fight between the Crips and the Bloods without the weapons. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Yes. That guy never disappoints, does he? And now he wants to buy the team. So I can kind of understand why some of these players are a little bit opposed to this. But the controversy is, I mean, if you get drafted by an NFL team, you have to play for them. You don't have a choice or you don't play in the NFL. So what about if somebody on the left buys another team like Ariana Huffington? Ariana should totally do that. And they should totally be, uh, there should totally be that. And then, but this thing about the guys saying that they wouldn't play for Rush Limbaugh is obviously just a big load. Because, that, you know what it is? That is exactly the same as everybody who says that they're going to pack up and they're going to move to the south of France. And they're going to, you know, or they're going to, I'm going to go live on the on the shores of the Thames uh, if McCain is elected. Which, of course, yeah. is, you know, never the case. Yeah, uh, you get offered $10 million to go play football. I mean, and you're going to say no? Well, I don't like what Rush said. Because that presumes that everybody who owns the teams now that they're all saints. You know, that yes. they're, uh, you know, that they're pure of heart. Oh, I'm sure they are, yes. Uh, so anyway, there's a, there's a lot of controversy going on with that. Uh, the Cubs have, the Chicago Cubs in baseball news have filed for bankruptcy. Um, and this is basically just a ploy. They want to sell this team. They've wanted to do it for a while. And uh, there's a few different people that have been trying to buy it. So they're filing for bankruptcy just to try to speed up the sale of that team. Uh, we'll see what happens there. That'll be interesting. And uh, in uh, Mike Tyson news, Mike Tyson was on Oprah. Uh, talking about some events from his past, including the one where he bit Evander Holyfield's ear off in the middle of a match. 
Yes, he uh, bit it off. And he talked about this uh, on Oprah last night. I think we have a clip of that. I truly wanted to soccer. Oh, no, this oh, is, I'm sorry. This is, uh, this is him talking about Robin uh, Givens. Really? And he opens with, I truly wanted to yeah. soccer? Yeah, this was the other one. Yeah, let's, let's just go ahead and play this. This Good is him God talking Almighty. about ex-girlfriend Robin Givens, who he, uh, well, very publicly, it's known that he, he beat her. Uh, should we play the Robin Givens one, or should we go to the ear one? Okay, let's go to the ear one, and then we'll play Robin Givens. Uh, so I this is him. I wanted to have a place to sit down and talk to him and shake his hand and just express myself to him. And Did you have you talk to him? No, I don't. I think um, when I see him sometimes, he's a little leery of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I see him sometimes, but, you know, it's just not the good energy. I can feel the vibe and energy is not good, but I always want to just shake his hand. It's, um, and what would you say, what do you want to say to him? I just wanted to apologize. It was delicious. Because I've known him for such a long <laughs> time, and um, I just um, was undisciplined, and I was in a very competitive move. I wanted so desperately to beat him mm-hmm. for my own self-grandizement, mm-hmm. and um, I was just... Upset. Wow. <laughs> Myself grandizing. I don't, I don't even know how to feel about Mike Tyson sometimes. I love people I, who make up words as they go along. I like people who bite like other people. people. Exactly. I do Chris. Entire ears off. I mean, I, well, I was talking to Greg about this uh, before. How did you know we, it was possible? During the break. You know, I'm not much of a sports guy, but that is actually one of the famous sports moments that I'm proud to say that I saw happen live. I was sitting on the couch, sitting at the House of Dudes in Salt Lake, and my roommate Chuck was a big fight fan. At that point, I was kind of a, I was kind of a casual boxing fan, and so we'd all kind of gone together on this pay-per-view. And we were sitting there, and I remember seeing, and it wasn't like it sort of is in the playback now where, you, where it's very obvious what had happened watching it. It, it was like he kind of went in and you saw Tyson's head. It was like one of those sharks that would pop out of the water on the Discovery Channel. And it kind of just goes back and forth like it's trying to tear the thing off the hook. But you couldn't quite tell what was going on. And then you just saw some blood. And Chuck, I rem- I'll never forget this. Chuck stood up in the living room and he put his hands out like he was you know, kind of doing a Joe Blue thing. And he goes, he bit him. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, he just bit that guy's ear. And I said, Chuck, there's no, you, you couldn't, you can't bite a guy's ear in boxing. What are you talking about? You're high. And I think Chuck was high. Uh, but he actually said, he just bit him. And, I, and he was try, kept trying to make the case that Tyson had bitten Holyfield's ear. And I remember then they started playing it back, you know, over and over again from different angles. And be goddamned, he did. He bit his ear right off, a big chunk of it. And then they showed a close-up of the ear on the mat. That's the other thing. Ew. Is that after they stopped the fight, they just showed this tiny little uh, Holyfield ear segment on the mat. It was the weirdest thing. So, in any event. I kept wondering after that, by the way, if if Holyfield kept sort of like uh, reflexively covering his ear everywhere he went. Like, if you were yeah. to go up to Holyfield within the next two or three weeks and just sort of, you know, just give him like a little lunge. <laughs> I mean, if he would just immediately just go right just for the... gnash your teeth at him real quick. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's just, he is just a complete cycle. There's so many things that Tyson have done that has been gold. And then, yeah, this is him talking about Robin Givens, who uh, he very clearly uh, did beat. I truly wanted to soccer. <laughs> You know, at that particular moment, I truly wanted to soccer. That's hilarious. But, um, I, yeah, I just didn't do it. I was young at the time. I was really um. Did you soccer afterwards? No, no, not afterwards. I didn't soccer. I went to soccer. I have soccer before, and um, she socked me before as well. But um, it was just that kind of relationship, you know. Was it <laughs> young love? Oh, we were just oh, goofing around. I remember my I first dumb. beating. I just touched your thigh. <laughs> My God, if you if you hit somebody, they're they're hurt. 
Robin is a very tough woman. Very tough. <laughs> and she can be very mean as well. She's not no It's all her fault. Yeah, she was asking for it. <laughs> she was talking about She kept looking me in the eye. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she had thoughts of her own and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the right. idea that he's, I mean, he's Mike Tyson, who at that point, that would have been what, like the late 80s, 88, 89? Yeah, 88. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's the heavyweight champion of the world. I mean, he, I mean, he just, you know, he's a guy that, that's a guy that hits you, as Oprah said. If that guy yeah. hurts you, you stay hit. He hits you, you stay hit. Well, and what I don't understand is the audience has laughed at both of those clips. Both when he's wanting to apologize for biting a man's ear off and talking about socking his wife or girlfriend in the face. Well, so that happened, audience, 20, oh. that happened 21 years ago. Let's uh, one more time here. So that's enough time for a new one to go back. What's funny? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that we are just, at this point, I think uh, Mike Tyson is just so much the human id externalized and walking among us <laughs> that there's just no rational way to respond to him. I mean, the thing about it is, you think Michael Jackson and Mike Tyson are, some, are, are a little bit the same in this way, in that they are so unbelievably like beyond the pale in terms of nuts that you just, at a certain point, like you can't even... Like, you can't even register how crazy they are because the answer is unbeatable. He chewed off a guy's ear and then got a huge tattoo all down the side of his face for no readily apparent reason. I mean, there's just there's just no... I mean, you know, once you've accepted that, there's nothing he can do that, that you know that, that can shock you. I there think. really isn't. I would, be, I would be unsurprised by anything he did at this point. He could have turned around and slugged Oprah, and I would not have been surprised. <laughs> I, I would not have been shocked. Well, Oprah's tough. <laughs> Jesus. Huh. All right. Well, uh, that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. 503-228-4101. Coming up next, more news from Tim Riley. 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. And uh, later on, Heidi and Spencer. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Pick up the phone and call. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503. 228-4101-503-228-4101. Coming up at 7 o'clock, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Oh, by the way, confidential to uh, to reviewing in, uh, in I was going to say reviewing in Rhode Island. doesn't make any sense. I was trying to do a, uh, trying to do a Dear Abby thing there. Confidential to movies in Melbourne. Anyway, the point is this. I finally finished that uh, Dead Girl movie that Don recommended a couple weeks ago. Oh, that sounded disturbing. It was so disturbing, I got about halfway through it. Uh, I don't know, I guess maybe last week. And then I just stopped. I just needed some time away. And I stopped it about halfway through. And little did I know, it's like when, you know, it's like when my wife uh, had gone to work that day and she had paused reading The Road right before that horrifying sequence where they find the campfire. And, uh, yes, yes, that. The, uh... And, and, you know, and I said, where did you stop reading? She goes, oh, they just found a campfire. They're walking up to it. And I said, oh, okay, well. <laughs> good luck to you. Good luck when you <laughs> resume reading that book. Because it was like right before just the, one of the worst scenes in the entire thing. So it turns out that I had paused this movie, Dead Girl. Which is, by the way, about a bunch of horny misfit teenage boys who discover a hot uh, girl zombie chained up in a basement. 
Turns out that I had paused it right before one of the worst things I have ever seen in my entire life. Tell which us. I No, th- no. the thing is, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you because you don't want to know. Okay. Believe me when I tell you, you don't want this in your head. It, it was just, it was something I can never unsee. <laughs> something, something I can never, and I know that I'm just driving people toward the film by saying this. No, if you tell me not to watch it, I, if you say I don't want to know it, I don't want to know there it. There are things that no man should have in his head, and, uh, and that movie is one of them. It's just... It, it was just so off the charts disturbing. And she recommended two movies in that show. She recommended one called Dead Girl and another one called Grace. And it is just with, like, the most unbelievable trepidation that I start this second film. I'm going to watch it tonight. scares me sometimes. Yeah, boy, it's, uh, there's something deeply broken in whoever made that Dead Girl movie. And in the woman who recommended it to me. <laughs> She'll be here at uh, 7 o'clock. Heidi and Spencer at 7.20. And, uh, oh, my God. I love the fact that Don Taylor is back-to-back with Heidi and Spencer. I'm wondering what Don Taylor's going to say about that. Also, your chance at Slipknot and uh, Deftones tickets. Your final, final, final chance that you're playing tonight. We've got one last pair we're going to give away some point before 9 a.m. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 6.26. Get ready for a long, rainy spell. Beginning today, it's windy out there, too. I today only in the 50s. Oh, no, don't tell me there are more smelly people camping out in front of City Hall. Advocates for the homeless and camping rights have been sleeping overnight in front of Portland City Hall for two weeks now, and nobody's noticed. Uh, Monday, they made an all-day affair. The Oregonian reports organizers of the sleep-in want to bring attention to the homeless problem in Portland. Officials estimate over 1,500 people don't have a place to live. Other participants uh, say they wanted to protest the city's anti-camping ordinance. Well, you can't just can't camp on the sidewalk. What, what anti-camping ordinance are they talking about? Well, you're not supposed to be camping. In li- Remember, they, they threw people out. They were camping at City Hall, and they smelled terrible, and people were tripping over them and stumbling over them last year. I remember how City Hall isn't a park or a campground. I remember that. Yes. Well, you just can't camp out on a sidewalk. Whatever happened to that? I mean, there has to be some orderliness to society here. <laughs> That's right, or it's just anarchy. Right. What happened to Dignity Village? Where did that go to? I believe it's still at the dump where it used to be. <laughs> nothing says dignity like living on a landfill. But that's the way we politically correct do things. Boy, dig me out a cave inside that uh, pile of uh, soiled diapers over there. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Vancouver man is going to prison for seven and a half years. He, tr- he tried to run over a cop with his car. Judge Diane Woolard gave Rocky D. Brown sentence for some of the time served. He was shot six times by the cops. After running from them in his Ford Bronco and trying to ram into three cops. At the time of the incident, Brown's blood alcohol level was three times the legal limit. He's known to suffer from a mental illness. You know, the thing about that legal limit is it's not nearly as impressive as it used to be. You know, if a guy was uh, twice the legal limit or five times the limit, that used to mean something. That used to carry some weight. But it's like the legal limit is when the legal limit uh, just it was like point. Point one four or something when I was growing up, it was something because it's point zero eight now, right? Because there's that uh, there's that billboard that we famously pointed out where it says point zero eight, but it looks like it's it says if you blow point zero eight, but if you saw it from just the right angle, it looked like um, the point zero eight looked like a different word altogether. It looked like they'd done a poor job of uh, of putting that uh, billboard <laughs> together, and so with the blow and then the thing. Um, but it seemed like when I was growing up, I seem to remember the legal limit being .14, which means that they have dropped it by nearly 50%, you know, in just a, just a few years. So, I mean, that's just, it's sort of less astounding now than the, than the way it was back then. Well, what's to do with a fat baby? 
A Colorado health insurer has decided it will extend coverage to a fat baby after all. This baby was 17 pounds when it was born. Four-month-old Alex Lang falls into the 99th percentile for height and weight. Rocky Mountain Health Plans had denied the breastfed baby coverage because it was, well, and still is, obese. The health insurer reversed coverage yesterday amid a nationwide clamor. Rocky Mountain Health Plans announced it will now cover Fat Alex. Another, <laughs> is that another, his name? Yes. And we now christen the Fat Alex in the name of Jesus. And other roly-poly babies, regardless well, of weight. Why is it necessary to note in the story that he's breastfed, by the way? That seems like a strange addition to the news copy. It really does. Would you read that sentence one more time about that it contains that phrase? Rocky Mountain Health Plans had to die the breastfed baby coverage because they considered him obese. I think really, we uh, don't consider him obese. That really 17 pounds like at birth. Something that needs to be in there. And if your kid is 17 pounds at birth, is that because the parents are real fat, too? I or is, don't know. is that just a thing where the kid is freakishly big? Well, we've known other people like that. You mean I the mean, freakishly big? Uh, both. Yes, yes, we have. Uh, it is 6.29 a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. It is Cooney BMW. All right. So they were not going to cover the baby because he was too fat. Is that the deal? Yes. And so now... Because everybody is scream, screaming for the rights of Portland. All you got to do is, is uh, scream on television, and you can have anything you want, regardless or, of whether you're right or wrong. Or t or Twitter about it. I was reading a big article about this yesterday, actually. They said that now, if you are experiencing poor customer service, mm -hmm. you don't ask to see a manager. You don't, like, call the customer service line. You don't, like, write a letter. You just start Twittering about it, and that that is way more likely to get results from a company that you feel has wronged you. And they noted that the biggest, uh, the, the biggest case for this or the, you know, the biggest example of this is people who are sitting on airlines. Because if you're just sitting on the tarmac for like three hours, all you have to do is just, you know, if you haven't taken off yet, they can't, you know, they don't tell you to turn off your phones. You can still use the phone. So you just start Twittering about the fact like, hey, I'm on blank airlines and we haven't taken off for like an hour and a half. What is up with these jackasses? And they've noted that that almost immediately gets a response from the airline and they'll try to take care of whatever it is that's, uh, that's sort of bugging you. Here's Tim Bradley. Actor George Takei and his spouse Brad Altman are going where two men have never gone before. Tonight, they become the first ever gay couple to complete uh, compete on the newlywed game. This is the first time since the show was uh, debuted in 1967. Apparently, there there are new episodes of this on the game show network that nobody watches. I thought the game show network was just where you could just it was just everybody there looks embalmed because they were all shows from 1970. Those. Uh, and if you go further at night, you see the old Alan Ludden shows, the password from the 1960s with those huge glasses. I remember I was tuning into the game show network a while back, and I saw a program I hadn't thought about for the longest time. It was an episode of Joker's Wild. That's where you have to sit and ask yourself, like, who would be watching this? With those gaudy sets, it's like, wow, how can people look at stuff like this? Exactly. So uh, they're on television tonight. A uh, strict zero-tolerance policy designed to curb school violence in many districts across the U.S.? Coming under scrutiny after a six-year-old Delaware boy has been suspended for taking a camping utensil to school. Zachary Crystal reportedly wanted to use a combination knife, spoon, and fork at lunch because he was excited about joining the Cub Scouts. Apparently, these things are standard issue. You've seen them before. So he brought them to school. The first grader has been suspended in order to spend 45 days in the district's reform school because he brought these to school. The boy's mother is homeschooling him while she contests the ruling. It goes on all these talk shows. So you mean can he, see this everywhere today. He had like a spork? Is that what we're talking yeah. about here? It's a combination of all those utensils. Well, oh, do you remember those, like, the three t attached together for camping? You mean like, uh, like on a Swiss Army knife or something? Yes. 
I don't think I've ever seen the actual like the thing that's just I the silverware. I, I believe I had one. Yeah, yeah I had I one that was, was just like a ring with like the three. No, I have uh, nothing. Boy, being a kid today is like the least fun thing on earth. There really uh, there's is nothing less enjoyable than being a student at this point. All right. There are too many people look out for your well-being, which ruins things for everyone. That's right. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at the top of the hour, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Later on, Heidi and Spencer. That's at uh, 720, 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101. Four one zero one, and at that number, if you are caller ten right now, you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to Fright Town, the haunted attraction underneath Memorial Coliseum, open throughout the month of October. Get your fright on with the whole city block of screams and shock, uh, featuring Baron von Gulu's Museum of Horrors, and so forth. If you are caller ten right now at five zero three two two eight. 4101, 503-228-4101. Don Taylor from Movies.com coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. Heidi and Spencer at 7.20. And then at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. What were you doing with your hands just there? Nothing. You keep every break, you keep going like, oh, I, I forgot to give you your other present. Oh, I, I did forget. Like, That's what I was thinking of. Where's the other present? <laughs> you were just doing like the, uh, the Uma Thurman like a- in Pulp Fiction thing. <laughs> Don't be an L7. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got I just uh, didn't want you to forget, Rick. It was just... Well, this is not for me. So this is the second birthday gift uh, for Sarah. This is from uh, this is from someone. I will reveal. Maybe I'll show you the gift, and then you can guess who it's from. Okay. All right. Uh, so I'm going to hand this over to you now. This is a large white box. That's oh, it's a it's, it's a nice box. box. That's uh, yeah, it's heavy. Could okay. it be a statue of some All sort? Right. All right. Well, of some sort, perhaps. Oh God. All right. Is it hard Just to open? Opening it uh, right now. Oh my. It's impossible to open. <laughs> it's. Uh, <laughs> It's sort of like the uh, the never uh, the never blowing out candle of gifts. It's decoratively wrapped. Yes, it is. It's red. All right, she's taking it out right now. Yes, it is a single gummy bear that is a foot high. There you go. It wow. is the world's largest single gummy bear. Happy birthday! That's from uh, our good friend Seamus. So there you go. Thank you, Seamus. I don't know how much that weighs, but I'm thinking it's like five pounds. It smells. Yeah. So that's a... Uh, that's you can a, wrap it in a scarf and hug it. That's a gummy bear that's about six inches across, and I would say a good nine inches high at least. So there you go. The world's largest gummy bear. Happy birthday. Wow. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 645. We have the ugliest building in the world. Portland has scored another infamous ranking. This time, we have the world's ugliest building. Hooray. Uh, This is the 1982 Portland building, the most hated building in America, according to Travel and Leisure magazine. That should bring more tourists. Now, what is the Portland building? Uh, This is on Southwest 5th. You've seen it before. The building uh, was created at a cost of $29 million. It has the Portland Water Bureau. And uh, it has all kinds of weird colors on it. Southwest 5th and what? Southwest 5th and Broadway? 5th and Broadway. No, that, no, that's that, no they're right. parallel yeah, to they're, each other. they're parallel. Anyway, this is the uh, the one with the statue sticking out of it. 5th and Broadway. The building I'm talking about? Statue sticking out of it. Sarah, Portland building, anything? It's well, ugly. That building's beautiful. Where is it? What building are we... Where is it at? It's the Art Deco looking building. But where would it be? But what it, would be the cross like, street? 
It's on like Fifth and like like up right up the street. Fifth and like Harrison, maybe. Mm, maybe no, or no, something? or like closer to like Maine or Madison. <laughs> well, it, such it's, it's like half it, a block it's from designed, there. It's, it's designed as an off-putting hodgepodge of classical columns, strange and useless decorative <laughs> elements, a penitentiary-like small window display, <laughs> That's awesome, and a pressing color scheme of brown, pink, and white. All right, hold on. Now I have to look yeah, it it's up. It's that beautiful '80s Art Deco Portland one Water that's building. like turquoise and yellow and pink. I like the idea that they somehow designed it, as you put it, as an unappealing hodgepodge with penitentiary windows. Yes. Oh, I'm looking at it right here. No, I love that building. That's my favorite building in town. Uh, you know, who who said this? Because they can suck one. Who who said... Travel and Leisure Magazine. Oh, they can eat it. They yeah, uh, Travel... Seriously, F them. F them right in the ear. This is the most unique looking building we have. I love it. It makes me smile every time. I am a big fan of this building. I uh, like the penitentiary style windows. Yeah, it reminds me of those like old um, like 80s advertisements of the guys with like the, the white spiky hair and the black glasses. No, I have no like idea 80s, what you're like talking about. Like 80s, like Art Deco art. Well, I do agree that it does have that sort of, it has a weird, strangely, it is sort of like what the future must have looked like at that time. Yes. Uh, you know, it has a kind of a... Well, so that was 27 years ago. A strange, otherworldly kind of sense to it. Uh, no, and that's, is that Portlandia holding the trident? Yes. That's the statue, right? Okay. Now, that's a great looking building. Yeah, everybody at the... Uh, like this kind of art. Everybody at Architectural Building at the... Uh, ma- architectural Magazine can they... Uh, they can eat a full bag because that... Uh, yeah, that, that makes no They're sense at all. They're just jealous that they don't have as cool of a building. Sarah's noting that it kind of looks like one of those Nagel paintings from the Duran Duran album covers mm-hmm. uh, from the 80s. I can see that. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that's ridiculous. You know, there are buildings downtown that really are... Let me just say this. I won't specify the. Uh, I won't specify this uh, this hotel because. Uh, oh yeah, you know, I don't it wish looks to, really dated. I don't wish to single them out, but there is that hotel that is downtown, and it has such an unappealing old ass look to it, and yet it is so unbelievably expensive to stay there. And everybody, uh, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about because yeah. it's a relatively new arrival to downtown. And you can't figure out if it's like a scam or not. The fact that the hotel looks like a prison. And I keep, every time I see it, I ask myself, like, is this, is this intentional? Or is the building supposed to be so ugly and box-like and unappealing that therefore it somehow becomes strangely retro and appealing? And apparently it's a bit of a pricey place to stay. And it did, um, you know, it did just come into existence not too long ago. So I shouldn't be any more specific than that. But if you, uh, if you pay any attention to downtown Portland, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, here's Tim Riley. Firefighters rushed to put out a blackberry bush fire in Bethany yesterday. It was quickly moving toward homes and power lines. It started around 4.30 at Bethany Meadows Park. They arrived and doused the flaming blackberry bushes. This is in Bethany? Yes. So uh, there was nothing valuable damaged, Tim, because I know that you uh, I know that you keep an eye on the prettier parts of town to make sure that they uh, survive intact through all days. Tulsa police have arrested a man for public intoxication after finding him Huffing gasoline in a Walmart bathroom. Awesome. 20-year-old Jared Greer was found at a restroom stall with a handgun on his lap at 2.30 a.m. And the store was evacuated. Uh, the officer talked Greer into putting the gun on the floor. And at that time, he continued to inhale compressed gas. He was then arrested on complaints of resisting arrest, consuming intoxicant in public, and larceny from a retailer. Wait a minute. So this isn't like he, was, he wasn't having gasoline. It says here... He was inhaling compressed gas. So that must be like a like a natural gas thing, or like a maybe perhaps a nitrous I'm oxide. I don't know. I. She's going to say, "Pardon me if you don't mind." It was uh, it was enchilada day. I'm just going to inhale my own compressed gases. <laughs> it's all the same to you. 
and a handgun, and he's in a Walmart uh, bathroom. At 2.30 in the morning. That's some sort Turned of a... Turned out to be a pellet gun, though. <laughs> that's, like a, that's like winning a trifecta right there. All right, straight ahead, Don Taylor from Movies.com, coming up at 7.20. Uh, Heidi and Spencer coming up later on today. Dax Holt from TMZ, and your final shot at tickets to see Slipknot and Deftones. They play tonight at Memorial Coliseum. The Rick Emerson Show returns next, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Stay right there. This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is 503-228-4101-503-228-4101. Coming up later on today, we'll play another installment of Name That Kill. We will play for you a uh, killing sound effect uh, from a famous Hollywood film. And at that juncture, if you can uh, be caller 10 and correctly identify what movie The Kill is from, you win yourself a pass for two to see Paranormal Activity, which Sarah saw uh, last night. Which you were... scared me. And I had uh, really messed up dreams last night, too. It scared the bejesus out of you? Yeah, it, it did. Was it more the dragon or the face? Uh, the dragon. All right. And yeah. see, see how I phrase that in a sort of homonymous way, so that the people or yeah. a word like that, no, so that, that people that can't tell what I'm talking about. No, that, that didn't really jostle me. Yeah, man, the, the final, sh- the final shot the, the, it freaked the, me out. The build-up yeah. was the was the scary thing, and the the entity. Ooh-ah. All right, there you go. So I lived in a, I lived in an evil house once in Bremerton. Is this the house that you told me had the? the can I say this? Yes. The demon that looked like Lisa Simpson. Yes. I know but that sounds also, absurd. That's like when I say no, that, it I doesn't lived, necessarily sound terrifying. I quite literally lived in a haunted house, <laughs> and my mom's a very religious woman. She knew it. Where um, after we moved out, my mother told us that uh, underneath our stairs, it was a split level, and underneath our stairs in the closet, um, there was a little room carved out underneath the closet with a child's blanket and like little kids' pictures. On that is fantastic. Well, and, a ghost has to keep warm. And, like, well, that's, that's true. They have to keep Harry locked up somewhere. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Don Taylor will also uh, be joining us. Hello, Don. How are you? I'm swell. How are you? I'm fine. Let's, let's get a few things out of the way right now. <laughs> a, Sarah had messed up dreams last night from Paranormal Activity. I had these bizarre dreams because I finally buckled down and I finished the second half of Dead Girl, mm-hmm. which was such a disturbing film. I mean, you uh, you first came and talked about this movie like literally like three weeks ago, and I got about halfway through it, and I went, I need to take a break and go walk around in the sun. And I paused it, and last night it was I had one of those, like the long, dark tea time of the soul, where I just looked into myself and I said... All right, Emerson, it's it's time to just finish this thing. Because I it, I am a completist. I will watch, uh, not that it's a bad film, but I will finish any movie that I start. I can't not finish films. If for no other reason than when it is a bad film, I mean, this is why I stayed all the way through Napoleon Dynamite. Because I want to be able to disparage that film full-throatedly. I don't want anybody to go, well, you didn't see the ending where it all turned, it becomes much different. It's a lot better. I, I want to be able to say that I saw the entire thing front to back. And then a movie was either good or crap. So I wanted to be able to watch Dead Girl all the way through just so I could have it finished. And boy, there's something really wrong with you. I mean, you are just broken in the <laughs> deepest, darkest way. I, I, I'm, I'm wearing earrings today that have conjoined twin skeleton on it. <laughs> did you make those earrings yourself? I did not. A friend of mine uh, sent them to me. She has an Etsy store. So you actually are not only wearing earrings that have Siamese twins on them, but you actually have a friend who makes those earrings. Yeah. So it's a whole circle of broken people with whom. <laughs> so it's sort of like a Dorothy Parker in hell kind of a kind pretty, of a thing you've got going on there. Pretty much. Okay. Pretty much. You've been in my home. 
Yeah, no, I have. That's true. If you go into Don's bathroom, there's a baby floating in, not a real baby, but a, like a, an alien baby, an alien baby floating in a jar of liquid right next to the sink in her bathroom. Uh, of course there is. So there you go. That's and and the first thing you see when you walk in to the bathroom where uh, Don and her husband Patrick live, you walk in and the very first thing you see before even the alien baby is one of those great photos that they sell at the Edward Gorey place where it's like a Victorian photo of a little girl but then when you move it suddenly has a demon face and it fangs. Oh, I saw those at the Halloween Bazaar. I wanted to buy one. Yeah, somewhere. you know, my wife has never seen those uh, and she about uh, whizzed herself <laughs> seeing that in the bathroom. So, thanks for that. Anyway, so that's the last thing I'm going to say about it. But that movie, Dead Girl, is that is just the most vile, contemptible... I mean, it was, it was great. It really was well made but boy, that is just that is just a socially indefensible film in just every conceivable fashion. So, thanks for that. I, I appreciate that. I, my work is done. We'll uh, continue with uh, Donna in just one moment. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on your Tuesday morning. Well, here's something inspirational. A local chef is the best porridge maker in the world. He's from Milwaukee. In the meantime, Milwaukee, Wisconsin claims he's from there. I don't understand. <laughs> what? He's from Milwaukee. There's some controversy with the best porridge. But Milwaukee claims he's from there. He's from Milwaukee, Oregon. Right. Yet... Milwaukee, Wisconsin ah, claims he's from there. All right, okay, see, now I see the source of the misunderstanding. All right. Mm -hmm. A Texas man is found asleep with a corpse inside the closet. And uh, Paul Anka co-wrote that new Michael Jackson song a long time ago. Like 20 years ago, I heard yeah. that. And now they're going to give him 50% uh, of all the publishing on that. And a woman born with a half a brain lives a full life. <laughs> Awesome. I mean, for her. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Don Taylor from Movies.com, who does not have swine flu, by the way. I do not. I, I love the fact, though, that you hear, like, oh, somebody has swine flu. Oh, it's Don. Well. Must be Don. Because I, I have look, swine flu and, like, era about you. I look aura. so sickly. I am pale and sweaty and <laughs> yeah. uh, ill That's in true. every way. So I came, uh, <laughs> I came on the show yesterday at the beginning at, like, 5 a.m., and I announced that somebody that we knew some extended member of the Rick Emerson show had swine flu. And it turned out that it was, I mean, it was Lisa Desjardins, which I knew because I'd, I'd spoken to her over the weekend. But I sort of went around the room and I asked everybody, who do you think it was? And Tim and Sarah, without hesitation, Don, they immediately thought it was you. Uh, except but, you know, for, any, uh, any publicity is good publicity. Well, that's true. Except for Nibbler, who thought it was Siegfried. But uh, it was it was not you. But apparently mm. it is. It's now, it's now ceased to be a theoretical thing. That's the deal with the swine flu, is that in the space of like 72 hours, we found out that Jim Roop got the swine flu vaccine, or he signed up for it, and anyway. he hasn't gotten it yet. Which, that was enough to convince me right there. Because Jim Roop is a man who purifies himself with Jack Daniels like 24 hours a day. I mean, he, he is a guy whose body is just fire-treated. There and, are some things that liquor will not cure. I, you know, that's what I've been told. And so he was like, no, I'm signing up to get the nasal injection thing. And it wasn't, I mean, it was like less than 36 hours after that that I talked to Lisa. Uh, and she revealed that, I've got the swine flu. <coughs> I can't leave the house. No one can come see us. Uh, and so she and her husband both. And so that was when I made the decision. But having made the decision, now it's apparently a thing you can't get. So like we've been told that you have to, uh, what, do you have to go to the hospital or something and ask? And then they tell you to they come suck. back or they set an appointment or some jazz? So it's all a swine flu room. I, but, but there's a waiting list, right? Isn't that the thing? I don't know. For what? For the either. for the vaccine? Yeah. That you like you can't get it right now. You have to sort of go in the you know sign up for it somewhere. I'm just rolling the dice. I figure uh I work at home. I the only time I ever see people are at those uh god awful press screenings at night when I, I'm around the rabble. 
So I'm, I just take my chances. God, and you, when you go to those uh, the movie screenings, there's always just I mean, you know, that was the place yeah. where somebody didn't where somebody sneezed right in Aaron Duran's face. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I got a face full of bum crotch. Oh, and uh, ew, is that like a brim full of Asha? <laughs> <laughs> but sort of more profane. A hat full of rain. Uh, all right. Uh, what is uh, new in the world of uh, digital entertainment for the masses, Don? Well, I don't have anything uh, really uh, different and uh, and weird and eerie for you today. Although I did miss uh, a bet. There, there is a uh, movie that I have not seen, unfortunately, with Robert Pattinson, uh, the sparkly vampire boy from Twilight. Uh, it's a BBC uh, film from 2006 where he's a... Uh, it's called The Haunted Airman. And he's a, a World War II... Uh, flight guy in a wheelchair who's recuperating at a spooky old mansion under with a suspicious uh, doctor played by Julian Sands. But I have not actually seen this, so but it is on DVD today and I kind of kind of want to actually try and get it. To is it one of those things that they that he filmed that just sat on a shelf somewhere until the Twilight thing came out and then they went <laughs> scrounging around in the vaults? No, no, it was actually on BBC uh, television in 2006. Uh, so I don't know how he got cast in it or why they picked him, but Wait a minute, let's 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 clarify something right now. Does this mean that the Twilight vampire guy can actually act? Because I'd hate to have to revise all my hate he can of him. Totally act. I. He may have. You know. I'm just saying. He I, may have talent. Kristen, uh, what's her head? May actually have talent. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's. It, they're just tainted by the uh, the stench of of. Twilight. Boy, and I mean, it's, you know, it's hard to feel sorry for actors like that because, they, you know, they're kind of, they've lucked into the gravy train, but you can already just see, I mean, it's like all those Harry Potter kids. Who are, I mean, I, I, you know, they're rich and famous and they've got the defining roles or whatever, but you just know that, like, for the rest of their lives, like, every interview yeah. they do, everything they get cast in, it's just going to be nothing but jackass DJs asking them Harry Potter questions, like, till the end of time. So it is uh, with, the, uh, with the Twilight kids. I do have to say that I saw the preview for New Moon when I went to see... Um, when I went to see Zombieland, and I mean, I'm sure the movie's going to be crap. I mean, there's just no getting around that. But it does look kind of cool. I mean, in terms of production value and in terms of the you know the the, the style of it and the design, I'm a big fan of that kind of limited color palette sort of look. And it just seems to be nothing but grays with the occasional splash of crimson. So that's enough to kind of get me in the door. I, the 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 thing about that though is that if you go uh, to uh, Cracked.com and look up their uh, their Wikipedia, their wiki synopsis of all of the Twilight books and read their synopsis of New Moon and then see the trailer that has all these little highlights and these things that they have just torn to shreds. It's hilarious. It's just all of a sudden you're all, you can't take it seriously after after it, after having. Uh, this, this whole thing of, of, you know, the only way I can get him back is to repeatedly try to kill myself that unsuccessfully. Was, is that what's going on in that trailer? Because I stopped after reading the first, like, I read Twilight and then I, I just pulled the ripcord. I was like, F this. I, my brain is soft enough. I can't. It's like when Lara asked me if I was going to be reading the new Dan Brown book. I mean, it was like asking me if I was going to go shoe a horse until it kicked me in the face, you know, just because. I have a I have a, a monthly book club, and we have a new member, and her name was drawn as the one who was going to do the book. And she said, hey, this one's a little long. It's over our regular, you know, word length. And, oh, what, what is it? And it's like, whatever it is by Dan Brown. And we all went, no! <laughs> yeah, just pick again! No! said, so, no, we have this rule about nothing over 350 words. And I said, and no Dan Brown. They were all out of Daniel Steele. Yeah. It's 503-228-4101. We come back. Uh, we will talk a little bit more about paranormal activity, which is a uh, a big thing at the box office. And uh, we'll have uh, more uh, discussion of films regarding spooks and specters, plus Heidi and Spencer, coming up at the bottom of the hour. That is at the 728, ladies and gentlemen. Folk, Don Taylor from Movies.com returns straight ahead. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop 
never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. That's right. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up around the bottom of the hour, we have uh, Spencer and Heidi, ladies and gentlemen. I'm at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt. Spidey, Rick. Spidey. I'm not saying Spidey. I can't say it either. I can't. <laughs> Didn't he come up with that name? Oh, yes, he did. Uh, my wife and I were talking about this last night, and, and she was saying that she felt the media had come up with it, like a Benefer sort of a thing, and I said, no, no, no. I said, that's... That came out of his pretty little uh, Chris Atkins-looking head. Well, it's easy to remember. It's not like it's it's high spy. No. No, it is not. It's 503-228-4101. What else is coming up later on today? We have a uh, pair of tickets uh, for you to see Slipknot and the Deftones on the way. Be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reciting Slipknot lyrics. At some point between now and 9 a.m. when Tim Riley recites Slipknot lyrics for you, at that point, and not before, be caller 10, and you'll uh, win yourself a pair of tickets to see Slipknot uh, and the Deftones. Right now, though, before we resume uh, the discussion with Don Taylor, because we've got um, a huge sci-fi release that is out and a horror film release that we'll get to in one moment. Before we do that, we should give you a chance to win uh, tickets to see Paranormal Activity, one of the scariest movies of all time. Now playing at Regal Lloyd Center Cinemas. It's time to play Name That Kill. If you can be caller 10 right now and identify the movie from which this kill is drawn. Such a great movie. I need to turn off my mic. <laughs> That's so awesome. Dick, I am very disappointed. That is great. Uh, you talk about a movie that is just, I mean, that movie is like the living embodiment of ultraviolence. All right. <laughs> over the top. If you can uh, correctly name the film from which that kill comes, you'll win yourself a, a pair of passes to see one of the scariest movies of all time, Paranormal uh, Activity. Before we uh, talk uh, more about DVD stuff, so you saw Paranormal Activity. Don I Taylor, did indeed. Movies.com. What'd you think? I I liked it. I really liked it a lot. I kind of uh, I went. I was unsure. I I tried to always sit on the fence of these things until I see them. And everyone kept com- comparing it to Blair Witch, right. and I didn't like Blair Witch. I yeah. So I so I was and I I thought it was really well done. Mm. Um, I have to. There's um the I I won't give away the ending obviously, but I did find the ending to be a little bit. Kind of Hollywood, me too. Sort of not the original ending. Lost me. And yeah. there are a couple of other endings that they went that they had they discarded that would have been much much better. Yeah. Um. My, my colleague uh, Will Goss at uh, Cinematical, I think it's at Cinematical or at HorrorSquad.com, uh, wrote a, a piece about the alternate endings that they had shot. And there's a couple of them. There's uh, I you know, obviously I don't even want to describe what those are because right. it might be a spoiler. But but there there are things they could have done that would have been much more powerful at the end of the movie. But up to everything up to that point, it builds really beautifully. And it was only made for like something like a hundred thousand dollars. It's uh, yeah, it's it's really amazing what they did with two people, you know, a camera in a house. 
it's it's very very good. And well, and and I'm just such a huge uh, fan. I mean, I know everybody hates the phrase viral marketing at this point, but I like the idea that before people even, I mean, I, I mentioned that when I was standing in line to see it, there were the woman who was standing in line in front of me was like her and her date for the evening or whatever, and they she was talking about how this before she even had the ticket, and she was saying that she was already terrified. She's like, oh, I'm so scared, <laughs> which is sort of great actually. I like the fact that they have used the media to precondition people. It's like the movie. You know, sort of like the movie begins before you even, you know, before you even get in, which is a great sort of William Castle kind of a thing. You know, William Castle's that guy who made those movies like The Tingler and, you know, where they would have all these gimmicks, um, one of which is, which was famously, um, which was famously represented in the movie Matinee with John Goodman and, and Kathy Moriarty, where... When you would go to see a William Castle film, I forget what movie it was, when you went to the lobby, they had a woman dressed up as a nurse, and you had to sign a release form saying that in case you died of fright during today's picture, your family agreed not to sue William Castle or Castle Films. Which, so it's like the whole movie begins before the film even rolls, which is sort of awesome. You do run the risk, though, of overhyping and, yes. and, and setting up expectations so that people go in and they're like, this is going to be the best movie. Uh. Which is why you got to see it like now. That's That was yeah. the thing I said about Zombieland, too. Like, see it now before the hype sort of overtakes uh, the reality. Speaking of horror movies, I know we got a sci-fi release, but also Drag Me to Hell comes out today. Drag Me to Hell come oh, out today. Sam, Sam Raimi returning to his old school roots. Uh, Alison Lohman uh, as a loan officer who denies an old woman an extension on her mortgage. Old woman turns out to be a crazy old gypsy, puts a curse on her, and uh, she tries to find a way to lift the curse. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a really extended episode of like Tales from the Crypt or something awesome. with with like great uh, Sam Raimi Evil Dead style uh, special effects. I'm and a bad geek because I never saw it. I I failed to see it when it's, it's in a theaters. lot of fun. I'm a terrible person, so it, it is a lot of fun. Especially you know, if you're a fan of the original uh, Raimi Evil Dead stuff, it's very very. Cool. All I heard is that there was a fountain of something bad that wasn't blood. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it was like a fountain. of of ice cream or a fountain of uh, petunias. I heard there's a fountain of something icky. It was a fountain of chocolate soda. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I gotta with puppies frolicking and it. dreams. That's on my uh, list <laughs> of things I've I've got to watch this week. By the way, we want to congratulate uh, Johnny from Portland who correctly identified uh, that kill as coming from the movie RoboCop. And uh, video game aficionados will note that uh, the sound effects used there for Ed 209's machine guns are the same sound effects used for the machine guns in the video game Smash TV. Both of them later uh, sampled by Kanye West uh, on the 808s and Heartbreak. Uh, so there you go. Uh, and final note, um, yes. Futurama. Big news. Futurama. Uh, today on DVD, if, if and you're a fan of uh, Futurama... Uh, the entire series box set, including uh, every episode plus the four features, um, comes in a box with a collectible bender head and a letter from uh, a numbered letter from Matt Groening and David Xcon. Um, and it uh, it retails for about two hundred bucks. Amazon's carrying it for about one thirty. So figure your other retailers will probably be doing similar. Um, if you got a hundred and thirty, hundred and fifty bucks to spend and love Futurama, then. Uh, I mean, really, they deserve it. it. I mean, think of all the entertainment they have given us. Awesome. You can uh, read her online at Cinematical or at Movies.com. Don Taylor, ladies and gentlefolk. When we return, Spencer and Heidi. Stay right there. The Rick Emerson Show continues straight ahead. Don't go anywhere. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
morning to you. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Uh, in just a few moments, we'll uh, have our interview with Heidi and Spencer. So uh, we actually... Just so everybody is on the same page. So we uh, actually just taped that. We don't want to lie to you. During, yeah, I don't want to pretend that it's either. And though a live interview that is clearly on tape. Uh, we just actually taped that because uh, during this last set of songs is uh, when the interview is scheduled. And we now get off schedule and whatever. So uh, we actually. And we didn't want to squish it. We, we needed to get the proper ample spidey room. That's exactly the right thing. We didn't. Uh, so we wanted to make sure we had sufficient space over. So there's not I like a. I just said spidey shoot me. See, and I wasn't going to do that. I, 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 I take it, by the way, as a point of pride that I have never unironically uh, said the word spidey but um so there's not like a wacky dj gag or you know there's not like a fake interview or like a craig gas thing where there's somebody pretending to be uh heidi and spencer uh we we actually did just do the interview with them but it did it was scheduled you know because the deal is with those guys like any celebrity or whatever uh where they sit down at a table with a headset and their you know their manager or the promo person has them just talking to radio stations all day long you know they talk to us for eight minutes then they talk to some station in chattanooga for eight minutes and substation mm-hmm. in seattle for eight minutes so uh, the time that they were scheduled was 7.30, and we had just gone into some songs. So that's uh, that's why we pre-taped. We'll play that back here in just a second. But you uh, you want to be listening for reasons we'll reveal in just a moment. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines on your Tuesday. The kids of Clackamas High hot under the collar after the principal takes away their cell phones. The band that affectionately known as the River Rat being held on $5 million bail. And now you can't even buy auto parts on Southeast 82nd without being stabbed on the way out. <laughs> There you go. It's 503-228-4101. So uh, before we play back the uh, Heidi and Spencer interview... Wait, is we... it time for the Heidi and Spencer segment? Yes, it is. Yes, oh, I'm sorry. This is... Uh... Uh... Wow. <laughs> I met Natasha Bedingfield uh, one time. She sings this song. She was very nice. That's this reminds story. me of that, uh, that Anderson Cooper thing after uh, Heidi sang... What was it? She was singing the Miss America pageant or something? Yeah. So and Anderson Cooper did that thing. I don't know who this person is or why I'm listening to her. I, I, I have no idea. In any event, so we just did the interview with, uh, with Spencer and Heidi, and we found out about this yesterday morning. It was, I don't know, like at 9.30, 9.45 or something. And we managed to snag one of the last interview slots with them. And I was, the last interview slot. The last interview slot. The last available slot. And I was trying to think. Well, how can I make this entertaining for me, Rick Emerson? Because that's really what matters in this great big kooky world. It's not really so much about anybody else as it is uh, for me. How can I amuse myself? You're the Spencer of this room. That's right, Tim. <laughs> I don't want to be the Heidi. And as I uh, sort of pondered this, I uh, decided just to play a little game with myself. Now, you've heard us do uh, a bit in the past called Five Phrases, which is where there are five nonsense phrases or five sets of words that Sarah gives me that I have to work into the interview. This was a sort of variation on that that I was just playing with myself while we uh, while we spoke with them. The game was... Please stop saying playing with yourself over and over again. The game, I, the game was how many uh, euphemisms for douche or douchebag could I use during the Spencer and Heidi interview uh, without them noticing? Uh, and or in how many ways could I obliquely refer to one or both of them as being a douche? And did he get away with it or not? And whether they would ever catch on. So uh, we will uh, have you listen for two things as we play back this interview. And Sarah Dillon, what is the douche sounder? There you go. When you hear that, that means that I have just obliquely referred to either Spencer, uh, Spencer or Heidi or both of them as a douche. Uh, and we'll see if they catch on at any point. All right, are everybody ready? They probably will. They're pretty smart. <laughs> yes, they are, Tim. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's roll the interview with Spencer and Heidi. 
It's the Rick Emerson Show. You all know our next guests. They can be seen on the MTV series The Hills, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on MTV. New episodes airing now. Let's give a, a very warm welcome to Heidi and Spencer. And welcome to the uh, Rick Emerson Show. How are you guys doing today? Morning. How are you? I am uh, Dandy. Uh, Spencer, are you there? We got both of you? Oh, are you kidding me? I would have missed this for anything in the world. Well, excellent. I, I like to think that the uh, like to think that the Rick Emerson show's reputation precedes itself. Right out of the gate, I want to ask you, you know, and Spencer, uh, the world of show business, you know, in some ways it's a really dark place. You know, it's it's a place that can be really you know, uh, slimy. You know, it just it just uh, it stinks some of the things that people do. But you're kind of like Mr. Wolf from Pulp Fiction. You're the cleaner. You're there to really kind of clean that dark place out and make it a much a much better place to be. That was my favorite quote I've ever heard because when I was executive producing The Prince of Malibu, we had an episode where we, like, called in the wool, the cleaner. Like, oh, man, I, was, I can't even believe I got referred to as the cleaner. You guys have already done uh, so much, you know, from The Hills to I'm a Celebrity to all those other uh, TV appearances and, uh, and projects, and it, it doesn't really seem like there's any stopping you. You seem to have a real skill for taking something that, after all, this could be, you know, uh, not so fresh and really make it uh, shine like new. What's what's the secret? Uh, is just loving what you do. Heidi and I love uh, the limelight and fame and Hollywood and entertainment and being creative. I think more than anybody else out here. So it just shows because whereas it's work for other people and annoying to deal with so much stuff. Like we live for it. Talking to Heidi and Spencer. Heidi, obviously you've grown uh, a lot as an artist. You know, with your music and branching out into so many new things, and you obviously really motivate Spencer to break new ground and, and find new opportunities, you know, to never let things get stale. Does it work uh, the same way for you? Does Spencer really work to, to keep it fresh? Um, definitely. I think, uh, you know, I've worked really hard in my music. I've been, I've been trying now for three years. My album's almost out, and, you know, Spencer's been there every step of the way. I definitely couldn't have done it, and he always keeps it fresh, always keeps it real, always keeps it very entertaining, and I think, uh, that's one thing that a lot of people don't appreciate enough about him. Now that you guys have conquered so many, uh, areas of the entertainment world, it does seem like, uh, anything's possible. And, I mean, you must feel a lot of that confidence. Spencer, do you feel that way? Like, if you see an opening, you can just get in there and clean up? I mean, honestly, I really feel like if Obama can become president, if he was five years ago just trying to be a state senator in Illinois, I feel like it would be easy for Spidey to get the White House ten years from now. Excellent. We are talking, of course, to uh, the one and only Heidi and Spencer. You guys have both been uh, through so much. You've been through the ringer. And yet, you know, it's great that, you know, and I mean this sincerely, your love really survives. It perseveres. In a way, it's 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 almost like this Shakespearean story. It's almost like... um. It's like a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, but it's your lives that you guys kind of are that summer's eve in a sense, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. And to me, it's almost like uh, Bonnie and Clyde. It's kind of Spencer and I against the world. So I think really, you know, through everything, we've just been strengthened through everything because we really only have each other through everything. And, and I completely agree with you. Um, both of you guys, Heidi and Spencer, you guys both have a real knack for staying out there, making sure that people are, uh, are really aware of you. It's kind of like... Um, you know, it's kind of like when it rains, you know, whether you love it or hate it, uh, when it rains, those rain showers really kind of fall on everybody, whether they want it or not. And, and you guys are, are really kind of the big showers in that way. Does that come naturally? No, I would say we're more like a class 
five tsunami hurricane and uh, one that just keeps on coming in cycles. So that rain is more like, uh, you know, to other celebrities, a rain. We're definitely five five class hurricane. Um, we're talking to Heidi and Spencer. Uh, a lot of times, you know, couples who are brought together in this way via show business or through celebrity, you know, the personalities don't blend. They kind of. They kind of go together like oil and water, but with you guys, it really is the right combination. Where Spencer, you're a little more aggressive, Heidi, maybe a little more mellow. It's almost, uh, you know, it's like that old phrase, you know, where you guys are just you're full of, uh, you know, water and vinegar. You know, was that chemistry always obvious? When I first met Spencer that first night, I said to everyone, I'm marrying him. I love him. This is it. He's my soulmate. God put him on this earth for me, and I really, I feel that way ever since. There's just and Spencer. Do you, do you agree you uh, feel the same way? Uh, I wouldn't have married any female on the earth in my life. That's why I know it's that way because the thought that I even got married just shows me how obsessed I am with my wife. But also I'm like, whoa, I got married. I love you that much. <laughs> And really, just I want to thank you guys for being so great. And as we get ready to wrap this up, I, I should have to ask, um, you know, uh, my wife would just lock me out of the house if I did not ask, a, a, you know, a question about it. It seems like Audrina's time is really coming to kind of a natural conclusion on the show. Do you do you see big things happening for her in the future? How do you see that playing out? I think she's going to start double dating with Spidey and we're going to find her new love and she's going to get a new spark and be really excited about everything. I think she's just really depressed that Kristen Cavallari came in and made out with the love of her life for the first time that he's kissed anybody on TV. So I'm sure she's dealing with that. And actually, uh, one final question. What do you guys think of uh, of Kristen uh, being the new voice of, of the Hills? Is she really as, as diabolical as she might seem to, uh, to us on the outside? Even if not more, she's incredible. She was she's the one thing the Hills was missing. LC just dragging it down, making it feel like we were watching things in slow motion. Excellent. Well, you know, um, I want to thank you guys so much for spending some time with us. The uh, new uh, episodes of The Hills are on right now, MTV Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Uh, Heidi and Spencer, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for joining us, and uh, best of continued success in all things. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Check out Heidi's music on iTunes. <laughs> Okay. Jesus. <laughs> That's one for the history books. There you go. That's uh, seven, seven and oh there. That's awesome. The uh, the one that was kind I of... I cannot the, believe the summer's evening. I was nervous. <laughs> I was so nervous. <laughs> well, I led up to that. I The one that, the one that was the, the vaguest was the, the, when I, the shower, because I think that, uh, um, you know, French do shower. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, the, uh, I led up to, uh, to summer's even and the, the water and vinegar. I, when I, I waited to the very end because I, I was, even as I was approaching, I'm like, you know, how would you not know? How, how would you, how would you, th- th- that just kind of th- go right over you? But, you know, Seriously, what are you going to do? Yeah, it did. <laughs> we yep. talked about showers, over and over like a five class oh, no, hurricane. Tsunami. <laughs> tsunami. There you go, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Heidi and Spencer. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. It's the only way I could do the interview and feel you clean about myself. That's right, Tim. That's uh, That really is the hallmark of this broadcast. Coming up at the top of the hour, Dax Holt from TMZ. And uh, later on, your chance at Slipknot Deftones tickets. Be listening for Tim Riley to recite Slipknot. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Don't forget to be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reciting Slipknot lyrics. 
Uh, when you hear that, you can call the town at 503-228-4101. When you hear that, and you'll uh, win yourself a, a pair of tickets to see the Slipknot uh, uh, Deftone Show, which is tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Right now, though, if you call her 10 at 503-228-4101, you're going to get a copy of the book, The Simpsons, an uncensored, unauthorized history. First ever behind-the-scenes scoop on America's best love show, written by John Ortvid, based on interviews with the show's producers, writers, animators, actors. It's a real inside look at the phenomenon known as The Simpsons, available now wherever books are sold. And um, actually, I actually got a chance to look through it. It was very, very, very cool. And it's a book, it's written in uh, a style that I, that I particularly like, which is, it is sort of an oral history. In other words, they've just interviewed a billion people associated with The Simpsons, and they, they have pieced together all of their interviews in essentially a chronological order using interview answers, uh, you know, in a sort of linear timeline. So anyway, uh, if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you get a copy of the book, The Simpsons, an uncensored, uh, unauthorized history. Coming up at 820, Dax Holt from TMZ. And again, before 9 a.m. at some point, your shot at Slipknot tickets. At the uh, news desk is your personal savior, Tim Riley. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, it is 8.03. Well, it's going to be rainy at least through Sunday, possibly longer. Daytime highs only near 60. Local pride here as a local chef wins a porridge-making competition. Matthew Cox is chef of Bob's Red Mill Natural Foods in Milwaukee. It was the first American to enter, let alone win... The Scottish competition. Now, I'm unclear about what porridge actually is. Porridge is kind of like oatmeal, but different. Is it, uh, is, it, is it like everything British? Is it sort of a less desirable version of something you'd eat elsewhere? No matter what it is, it ends up sticking to the pan. Remember I got two cans of it? Yes. No, no, no. I thought you got two pans of, uh, of oatmeal. It is oatmeal, but you cook it a little bit different to make it porridge. This is our friends at, uh, at Couple, 98.7 yeah. KUPL, uh, the it, country station delicious. in the hall. We can't do it here. They brought, uh, as like a, when they moved into this building, they brought a sort of a reverse housewarming gift, and it was two cans of dried uh, Irish oatmeal. Right. But it, it takes a Which while to prepare. can be made into porridge. Okay, so... It, it's a process of simmering. This is like what the, my mom used to try to uh, explain hominy to me, and I couldn't figure out what that was, and I think it's like a corn type it, of food or something. It tastes different yeah. than uh, regular oatmeal. But it is good, and uh, he said it's incredible honor. In the meantime, Milwaukee, Wisconsin is claiming this guy as their own. And it's it's wrong. He's from Milwaukee, Oregon. Do they just not have access uh, to, to him or his Wikipedia site or, you know, a map or something? They just heard Milwaukee and they, yay! They just changed the spelling of Milwaukee to their spelling. All right. So he won the, the coveted Golden Spurtle. A coveted Golden Spurtle. A Spurtle is a Scottish <laughs> cooking utensil. Uh-huh. Used to uh, prevent porridge from getting too lumpy. Uh, okay. Just insert just your uh, Kim Kardashian joke here. I'm telling you, you, you can't do anything on any second without either getting shot or stabbed these days. A guy suspected of stabbing a stranger as he walked outside a Shaq's Auto Supply Store in Southeast 82nd of Powell. He was just standing there minding his own business. A fellow named, oh, this is an ethnic name. Let me be careful with this one. The gentleman's name is Fook Lamb. He has been arrested. How do you spell that? P H U C C. Okay, so that is Fook. Yes. Fook. All right. Fook okay. Lamb. <laughs> All right. So he was the stabber or the, uh, uh, the, the alleged, alleged stabber? The alleged stabber. He is the alleged stabber. And it was just some guy walking out of a uh, an auto parts store? Yeah. Jesus. Picking up your auto pots and you get, you get stabbed. Really? Uh, the last time I was in 82nd, let's see, what the, what the hell was I doing? The last time I was in 82nd, I was, uh, well, I was going to get my car detailed. And to be fair, uh, I was not stabbed or shot or anything uh, close to that. But you do sort of, 
you do kind of feel when you get on 80 seconds sometimes um you sometimes you're close to death well i, I was just gonna you're say closer to god you <laughs> yes you you sometimes feel as though you're in a video game where you've just picked up a stim pack of some kind or perhaps a temporary health boost and you can feel it sort of ticking down to zero that's kind of how i feel about my life force in general it's the entrance in, of the pearly gates that's right whenever i'm in the whenever i'm in that part of town all right here's tim well, i suppose this could be considered a corpse watch here's I your uh, corpse watch for tuesday right here on the rick emerson radio program I'm digging up bones, I'm digging up bones, exhuming things that's better left alone, and I'm resurrecting memories of a love that's dead and gone, yet tonight I'm sitting alone, Spurtle. Here's Tim Riley with your corpse watch. A golden spurtle. A Houston man. Found asleep with a corpse inside a closet of a vacant home has been charged with misdemeanor drug offenses. Cody Plant was discovered after owners of the house reported hearing voices and seeing signs of forced entry at the home about 25 miles northwest of Houston. There were two guys in the closet. They appeared to be sleeping. One was snoring, the other was deceased, says the assistant uh, chief deputy. It appears they were doing some sort of narcotics. And at least one of them woke up. I would imagine there's more than two guys in a closet in Texas, but yes. that's just my observation. That especially Houston. Uh, Platt was charged with one count of possession of a dangerous drug and two counts of possession of a controlled substance of more than three grams. All punishable with up to a year in jail. I'm unclear on this, though. They're not charging him with... Where did, well, the, where has, did the corpse come from? Well, he has been charged with abuse of a corpse. Okay. After prosecutors allege he treated the body in, quote... An offensive manner. <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> like as a place to store his drugs or something? Whatever two guys would do in a closet in Texas, I suppose. And one comes out alive, the other deceased. He remains in the county jail with $15,000 bail. He's just using the other guy as some sort of uh, the fleshy homo sapiens tauntaun in which to store his heroin. Or maybe one of those... Uh, uh, smoking utensils. <laughs> maybe that's like, maybe they had a pact, sort of like if one of us dies first, if, Bob, if I die before you, I want you to use my body as a bong. I would like for you to smoke copious amounts of marijuana out of my head. All right, there you go. There's your uh, corpse watch, Texas style, uh, for Tuesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. things that's better left alone. Somebody says, I have never been stabbed in any second, but every time I pull onto that road in my car, I feel like it's merely a matter of time until they are dust-busting me out of the front seat. Here's my thing about 82nd. I don't know if they have, do they have this on 82nd the way they do throughout other sections of Southeast? You know the single the greatest step that this city has taken uh, toward having every one of its residents killed in an auto accident? It is those things they've put at intersections that count down until the red light. Oh, yeah. yeah. How many? When is the last time you slowed down because you saw there were only six seconds before the light turned yellow and then red? First of all, when it hits zero, is that when the light turns yellow or red? Yellow. Okay. Every look, note from me, I don't know when those went in. I mean, I noticed them a couple of months ago, so I don't know if that's like a Sam Adams joint or if that's like who does that, if that's the Department of Transportation or if it's City Hall. But like confidential from me to everybody who runs the city of Portland, those things, and don't get me wrong, I appreciate knowing 
Like when the light's going to turn red? You know why? Because then I speed through. Uh, as uh, Jerry Reed would say, I put that hammer down and give it hell so I can get to the other side of the intersection before I don't get stuck there. But the problem is everybody else does the same thing, and half of them are probably drunk. Every single time you are getting to an intersection in Portland and you see that uh, timer ticking down, you know that, and this is the other thing, you not only know that you're doing it, but that everybody coming the other direction and everybody in front of you and behind you, they are also accelerating. So this is a city that loves signs I, you know, and, and efficiency. And I'm normally in favor of that as well. God, far be it for me to sort of get in the way of somebody trying to, you know, to get to work on time. But that thing, you mark my words. You put me on record right now. Within 18 months, two years at the most, all of those things will be gone and you will be reading articles about, like, it seemed like a good idea at the time. But what City Fathers called a way to increase uh, rush hour efficiency soon became a harbinger of death. And then they'll show a series, like a montage of smoking automobile cinders. And they'll say, the signs indicated how many seconds you had until the light turned yellow, then red. Drivers, however, would accelerate, attempting to get through the intersection in time. And then they would cut to a guy in a wheelchair who's uh, sort of all, uh, you know, Leif garroted up. Uh, so I just, I'm just saying that's, I mean, you appreciate them while they're there because they're going to be gone soon. Bernie Madoff has gotten into his first prison brawl. He was talking to a fellow inmate when the two got into a shouting match over the state of the stock market. <laughs> the other inmate described as another white man. About 60 years old, reportedly pushed Madoff near a ball court on prison grounds. Witnesses say Madoff just shoved him back so hard the attacker stumbled. The other man reportedly slinked away from Madoff like a beaten dog. Wait a minute, hold on. So, so, so Madoff won the confrontation. Yes, though. and he stood over him menacingly as wow. he fell. The two men Jesus. quickly patched things up and they were spotted <laughs> hanging out the rest of the day. Really? Were they? Mm hmm. This happened in front of 20 other inmates, and uh, apparently they're all surprised to see Madoff fight back. Well, Tim, that's because the first day you have to kick someone's ass or become someone's bitch. That's there, right. There are no two ways about it. It's uh, 503-228-4101. Did we ever get that Jim Hogsher guy on? He wrote that book, So You're Going to Prison? No, I don't, I don't believe think we did. So. Oh, I have that book at home. I should bring it in. We can read aloud from it. That'll be fun. It's 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reading Slipknot lyrics. Dax Holt from TMZ next. Don't go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Don't forget to be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reciting Slipknot lyrics. When you hear that, you'll be uh, caller 10. You win yourself a uh, pair of passes, the last pair of passes, incidentally, to tonight's Slipknot and uh, Deftone show. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From TMZ, our good friend Dax Holt. Hello, sir. How are you on this uh, fine Tuesday? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am, uh, I am fantastic. So in the uh, in the world of gossip, well, first of all, let's talk a bit about this Michael Jackson thing because they put out this new alleged new Jackson single, "This Is It," I think, which is sort of meant to tie into this tour he was going to have, and it's out like less than a day when Paul Anka, who's a famous songwriter, sort of pipes up and says, "Hey, by the way, I wrote that." Yeah, I mean, this is a big deal. Paul came out of the woodwork yesterday and said, Hey, Michael Jackson, I wrote this back in 1983, and it was called I Never Heard, and they changed the, the title of the song recently. But uh, uh, I guess he had Michael had recorded the song and everything, and then one day went into Paul Inca's office, stole the tapes. Uh, Paul found out about it and said, You need to return those tapes. But yet, uh, I, Michael Jackson's estate never really looked into 
the past of this song and just released it. So yesterday, Paul said, uh-uh, you guys uh, owe me something. And now he's getting 50% of everything that wow. the song makes. I mean, so that's, A, it's really good for Paul Anka, but that's a huge uh, blow to the estate, right? They're losing half the revenue from They're what... They're losing half. Sony's losing half. Paul Anka, though, just... I mean, that's that's winning the lottery overnight right there. I mean, that's just tripping and falling into a stream of gold is what that yeah, is. It's beautiful for him, so I think he's pretty happy about the whole thing. Just um, on, on a sort of related note, and, and there, maybe there's nothing even to say here, but uh, it seems like a while since we've heard about our good friend Dr. Conrad Murray. He, he's a guy who kind of fell off the radar a little bit. Do, to the best of your knowledge, is are they still just just sort of in the building the case phase of all of this? Correct. We know that there was a warrant out for his arrest the other day, and we're like, oh, is this all Michael Jackson related? Well, it wasn't. It was about a child uh, or child support. I guess he hadn't been paying to one of the mothers of his children, and so there was a warrant out in Vegas. But as of right now, we're just trying to find the guy, find out what's going on with him, you know, and hopefully soon they'll put this whole case together and get it going. Awesome. All right. I, uh, we're a little bit under the gun today, and I know you are as well. So we will speak with you again on Friday. Until next time, you can uh, watch TMZ at 1130 tonight on Fox. Fox 12, and of course, always at TMZ.com. Dax Holt, have a fantastic day, my friend. You too, dude. There you go. There you go. Dax Holt from TMZ, ladies and uh, gentlemen. It's 503-228-4101. In a moment, Tim Riley will have more on these headlines for you on this Tuesday. There's a high school in the area that's banned cell phones. Not just during class hours, but all the time on school campus, including recess and lunch. And Portland has a new ugly building that's making national news. And all you Beavertonians who wanted that baseball stadium, well, they're going to tax you about 60% on it. So there. Ivory Kimerson shows this. This is Kevin. Hey, Kevin, what's up? Oh, I just heard about your uh, little prison story there. And, well, I was uh, I went to prison in 2001 up in Washington State. And it's not quite so much as it was like in the 80s, I think, you know, like when Walla Walla was taken over and the prisoners pretty much ran it so and that was back in the day when you had people that had like child you know child molestation any kind of sex beef those people were usually dealt with sex beef the, yeah anybody who has any kind of you know molestation rape any of those ah, charges yes so, um, so you went, were in prison in 2001 were you also in prison in the 80s no 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 no, no. you just from what you've heard yeah i had lots of friends that have been uh, system, so. What were you? Uh, what were you in for? If I can ask. Uh, robbery. It Ro was actually a glorified shoplifting. And so. then, uh, how long were you in? Uh, Fourteen months. And were you in the Walla Walla State Pen? No, I was in a place called Airway Heights, which is a newer prison. Mm -hmm. So. And so, was it your experience that, uh, that you had to sort of uh, assert yourself to the other prisoners, lest you become uh, someone's victim? It's more of a, uh, it's a respect thing, I think, you know. Uh, when I was in there, I did have a, a couple little fights, but it was more about things like uh, TV, you know. Um, you know, you got a bunch of guys stuck together in one area. It's, it's very important that you respect their, their space. Now, how did you, uh, now when the fights happened, were these physical, these were, uh, you know, actual physical confrontations? Oh, yeah, it was violent. I had a guy that, uh, he was mad because I, uh, I wanted to watch a fishing show. And uh, he wanted to watch 106 in Park, which is like a rap show. And there was only one other white guy there. And so he wanted, uh, you know, he called me out. And I was scared to death because this guy was huge. He was like that guy on Friday. He's like Tebow. And so 
I went into the bathroom and I threw a bunch of soap on the floor so that it would be slippery. Uh huh. And then when he walked into the bathroom, I just went off on him. And, you know, I knew that if he got a hold of me, he'd kill me. So, you know, you have to do what you got to do. And so you, so he, uh, you know, he goes down because the soap's on the floor. And then was that enough or did you, did you have to actually punch him a couple times? Oh, I had to kick him in the jaw and do all, I mean, it was awesome. violent. It was very bloody. And then uh, after that, though, was it, uh, was it better that he know not to, uh, not to cross you? Well, yeah, but the thing is, then after that happened, all the Aryans decided they want to come up and be my friend, which they were even worse. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> but if a guy does call you out, you have to do something. Excellent. Otherwise, you're considered, uh, you know, you're a bitch. Well, and, well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate you clarifying it for us. You have a good day. Yeah, you too. All right. Attention advertisers. You too can reach this prime demographic. The Rick Emerson Show continues uh, next with Tim Riley at the news desk. And at some point before 9 a.m., you'll get a, a chance to uh, win a pair of Slipknot and Deftone tickets. The final pair. Be listening for the sound of Tim Riley reciting those Slipknot lyrics. When you hear them, you be called a 10. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. And don't forget to be listening this afternoon when Corey Taylor of Slipknot will be in studio. He'll be in studio with Court and Fatboy today at 3 o'clock playing his own custom playlist. Corey Taylor from Slipknot in studio this afternoon, 3 p.m. with Court and Fatboy playing his own playlist. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO.
I'm a pop star threat and I'm not dead yet. Got a super dread bat with an angel drug head. Like a deadbeat winner, I want to be a sinner. An idolized bang for the industry killer. A hideous man you don't understand. Through a suicide party and I'm guaranteed to effing snap. It's Evil Sonic. It's Portaholic. Breakdowns, obscenities. It's all I want to be. If you're 555, then I'm 666. Tim Riley on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show right here on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Join us tomorrow when I guess we'll include Ryan White. Bless you. Music editor from the Oregonian. Hey, did we ever hear back from uh, CNN? No. Oh, my God. Maybe they've all been stricken with swine Seriously? flu. Seriously? Like, um, so Mike usually works, and then Mike was sick, so Dan was filling in for Mike, but Dan was sick. Then uh, Dan was sick, so Liz was filling in for Dan, and now nobody's there. This is a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. This is like that thing in Kenya where that guy dropped his cell phone into a, a vat full of poo, and then, like, the whole uh, like the whole neighborhood or village or whatever, like, they all fell in trying to get the one guy out. It's just like that, but it's CNN with swine flu. Just rings and rings. Uh, so our good friend Lisa Desjardins has been. Um, she was felled by the Portside plague. So we're trying to get a hold of uh, trying to get a hold of her at some point to, to, to kind of see if she's turned the corner. Because when I talked to her on Saturday, she felt like she had gotten through the worst of it and she was going to be going back to work. But she also revealed that she had gone to the capital, and so she was afraid she might have sickened the entire U.S. Senate. Uh, also, she flew in an airline. Also, she stopped at several airports. Also, she uh, w- was walking around in something like four different states. So, you know, we'll see. To pay a final visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, everyone. It is 841. It's going to be raining the next few days. Daytime highs only in the 50s. The kids of Clackamas High can't have cell phones anymore. That, according to their principal, Matt Utterbach. He has pushed the ban because students shouldn't be texting or talking away or gossiping during class. They're going to have to go back to old-fashioned written love notes from now on. By the way, they can't even use their phones during recess or lunch. The kids may be upset, but the parents, 80% of them support this. Did your teachers ever take things away and threaten to give them back at the end of the year or maybe never? I don't know. I don't think I had anything really to take away. Really? Well, well you were probably like a good student. No. You were, uh, did you behave? Were you a uh, were you a troublemaker? I wasn't a troublemaker. I was somewhere in between. Uh, I, I, I had detention a few times. Do you? I, I always forget this. You didn't go to Catholic school, though, did you? I did go to Catholic school for just for, for the for whole two years. For that two was years, when though. I got in a lot of trouble. All right. Well, yeah, because or like, because I was so miserable there. Like, and my friend lived around the block, so we would always ditch school and um, run to her house and listen to records. And All stuff. right. Yeah. See, Catholic school, they're they're way they're way more difficult about that. Because yeah. uh, I went for Dolores. She was a bitch. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I don't think you should say that. I don't think that uh, she was horrible. No, I mean I have no doubt I about mean, that. She but was a I, very nice woman. No, I just not that I'm disagreeing. I had uh, I had a couple of look. I will just tell you this. The, the, even now, 2009, I'm 36 years of age. Uh, but there's a couple teachers I had when I was going to Catholic school that I just. Uh, I, God forbid that they ever happen to be, uh, you know, it's it's a crosswalk. It's late at night, rain soaked streets. Mm-hmm. I'm going 100 miles an hour, uh, but. Uh, Seriously, I'm a new kid trying to, like, fit in at school and, like, you know, a, a nun should try and be nice to you and have you fit in, not, like, you know, belittle you and make you feel, you know, like, even more of an outsider. Well, it's that weird thing that we're even now as an adult, I can't bring myself to really, to, to, to really, uh, to, uh, to use profanity when describing them. It's like, it's like swearing in front of my mom, which I can't do. Well, see, I only had two years with her. You went to school. 
for yeah. a long time with them, right? And my, yeah, I, well, I went there from kindergarten all the way through, uh, wasn't Tim just here? I think he left. Yeah, he just turned his computer off and walked out the door. I like that. He's gone. Wow. Okay, let's talk about our Catholic neuroses. Jesus, God Almighty, but that was a little freaky just now. All right. Uh, well, So I guess his segment's done. Seriously, I just, are we sure that Tim is in fact not a specter of some kind? He was just here. I mean, I looked at you for like five seconds to talk about nuns, and I look back and he's gone. All his stuff is gone. I hope Keep I didn't offend him with my sister Dolores' comment. And everybody realized that Tim isn't like in a separate booth. Tim is in the same room as, as we are, literally like four feet away from me. And he's now, he's just... All right, I gotta quit thinking about it. It's 503-228-4101. Don't forget, coming up Friday, the KUFO half-off sale resets, uh, featuring such items as a family admission pass to the Portland Children's Museum. That is this Friday at 9 a.m. Be able to get yourself a, a certificate to the Portland Children's Museum. You can get that for half off. Of course, everything there is half off. At the Portland Children's Museum, your kids use their imagination while having a safe, uh, having fun in a safe, friendly environment. The Playopolis exhibit is on through the end of the month, followed by the adventures of Clifford the Big Red Dog later this fall. Friday, you'll be able to go online and purchase your half off certificate for family fun. That is part of KUFO's half off sale, which updates every Friday at 9 a.m. This Friday, featuring a family admission pass to the Portland Children's Museum, but if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, you'll be able to uh, win one of those before you can buy it, but then again, they go on half sale, uh, half price uh, this Friday at 9 a.m. at KUFO.com, so if uh, you don't win one, you can always get one for half of what you would normally have to pay, that is this Friday. Also, we want to remind you that coming up this afternoon, Corey Taylor of Slipknot is going to be in the studio with Court and Fatboy at 3 p.m. playing his own custom playlist. So if you're a uh, big uh, Slipknot fan or you just like things that are weird, you could be listening to Corey Taylor from Slipknot this afternoon right here, right where Sarah Dillon is sitting. Oh, boy. Corey Taylor from Slipknot in studio with Court and Fatboy this afternoon, 3 p.m. with a custom playlist and uh, so forth. We want to thank uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins, who I'm sure would have chimed in if she had not been stricken with the swine flu. Uh, also, Dax Holt from TMZ, Don Taylor from Movies.com, uh, as well as uh, a pen... Uh, Badgley. Badgley. I almost said Badger. Badgley who from else, Rick? Gossip Girl and Heidi and Spencer, who uh, joined us earlier today. The Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon from Rock 101 KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley. On the phones, Greg Nibbler, the gatekeeper, Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru, Susan Donut with me, Reynolds Executive Producer, Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next, Buzz with Smells Like the 90s, Court, Fatboy, and Corey Taylor of Slipknot today at 3. It is Tuesday, October 13th, and that is The Frequency. Kenneth, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes, and goodbye now. We are talking, of course, to uh, the one and only Heidi and Spencer. You guys have both been uh, through so much. You've been through the ringer. And yet, you know, it's great that, you know, and I mean this sincerely, your love really survives. It perseveres. In a way, it's 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 almost like this Shakespearean story. It's almost like um, it's like a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know, but it's your lives that you guys kind of are that summer's eve, in a sense, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. KUFO Portland. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.